1: This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you.
0: You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 124.
1: I'm Nick Howell. And standing and angled to the side every time I watch TV, just like the WWE superstars, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to this week's show. You know, every time they watch people in the ring, and they're always kind of like, hmm, they're kind of like standing to the side, like very presentational, like theatrically. No? You never notice that? Okay. You think that's natural, the way they stand when they're watching other people compete in the ring? Okay. Well, anyway, I noticed it. And welcome to the show this week because there's lots of things that we noticed this week going on on not only WWE's programming, but also all around the world of wrestling. Not only are we going home to Fastlane, the next WWE pay-per-view this week, we have all of the things that happened because of that. Lots of strange booking this week and, and WWE's going all over the place with some of its major angles. But we also had the beginning of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic over in NXT. We had a number one contendership tournament for the Cruiserweight Championship happening over on 205 Live. New Japan had its 47th anniversary show, uh, which, by the way, I'm still giddy over. That, that Osprey jay White match was absolutely amazing. But we gotta, we got to talk about all of that, Nick. But before we do, we got to do some housekeeping. So why don't you handle that real quick?
0: Yes, as always, guys, head over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Weekly themed uh, threads on all of the WWE shows, as well as access to our live chats that we do every single pay-per-view, such as this Sunday, 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 Fastlane, WWE, we will be having a live chat. So get on into the BWO discussion group Join up and for the look for the events and join the live chat scheduled for Sunday for Fastlane. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash busted wide open and, of course, if you love this show and want to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers. Get access to show notes, ability to ask us questions right here on the show, which uh, we will get to at the end of the show here. And, uh, you know, for a $10 a month tier, you can get access to some bonus episodes that are exclusive to our patrons that nobody else can hear. In Uh, I got to tell you, man, there there was a lot going on this week. There's going to be a lot going on this weekend. But before we talk about all of that stuff, we've got to get into
1: the big news. Well, the first thing we have to discuss is that this week marked the passing of one of the great big men of all time, King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy passed away at 61 years old this week. And um, I I have to admit, I actually thought I I remember Bundy very fondly because he was very big in the 80s, Uh, but he didn't have that long of a career. He kind of faded into the into obscurity after the mid 90s when he had a little comeback with the million dollar uh, corporation. So it was uh, and I actually I did a little research on him. I didn't realize this. Did you know that even though he headlined WrestleMania 2 with the steel cage match against Hulk Hogan, that was kind of his biggest moment. He right. never won a single title in WWE. Mm.
0: You realize that? No, I never, he was, I never even put that together.
1: Yeah, he was the heavyweight champ of a bunch of uh, NWA, heavyweight champ, AWA, but he, IPW. But he, was never, he never, uh, not, never held anything in WWE, WWF at the time.
0: He's one of those that are kind of like Iron Sheik for me in a way that like I remember him NWA stuff as a little kid, but I don't remember much beyond that. So it's I much like you. I went on kind of on a little bit of a mission over the last couple of days just watching some of his stuff. And, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame he didn't get a bigger push because like you say, he's one of the bigger, better big men, more prominent big men of the of that era.
1: Yeah, you know, you you made a comparison to Iron Sheik. I'd actually compare him a little bit to like a Big John Stud, where unless you were really watching wrestling at the time, you probably don't really remember him. Um, the name is iconic because it's a very catchy name, but aside from that, like he didn't really. He had a big moment in WrestleMania two, and aside from that, that was kind of it. And yep. his comeback in the mid nineties was basically to put over Mabel, which is you know to me is kind of like. Uh, new Coke, trying to outdo old Coke. I don't get it. I don't get what they were trying to do there. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was strange. It's, it's funny because uh, a lot of mainstream people might only know him from married with children, you know, because they, they actually, what's funny is when they initially named the family the Bundys, it was actually after King Kong Bundy. And then they had the opportunity to have King Kong Bundy come in as Peg's older brother, who was a wrestler, and they did, they took it he was on it for i think a couple episodes so that's just that's all really funny but yeah no like a a, a smart guy good character so bummer 61 years old
0: yeah it's it, we're we're hitting this this stride in this time frame where much like our 90s uh rock stars that are passing too soon uh we're starting to see some of our iconic wrestlers of that era start to pass and man it's going to be a long few years of of, of a lot of these guys and and us doing this every single week, um, you know, honoring their legacy and, and things like that. So it, while it does make me sad, it's it's it it inspires me to go back and watch old wrestling again. That's a good and point, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a good because some at of it. that stuff is like forgotten era sort yeah. of legend <laughs> the days of yore yeah you know and it, but if you go back and you watch where the business has come in 30 40 years it it's pretty inspiring to see kind of the kind of stuff they were doing even back then
1: dude i was actually really fun to go back and see like some of his stuff with andre the giant which i never yeah. got to see really as a kid um but like the the time when he he broke andre's ribs cuz he he landed on him like there's some stuff like that that's just it's good old stuff so yeah that, you make a good point man it's a good excuse to go back and and relive some of the stuff that they did Um, but it would just be nicer if we had the excuse while they were still alive. It seems to be like wrestling seems to be one of those strange interests where a lot of your icons pass a little too early before their time. And even, you know, you can say like, Oh, 60, 70, he lived a full life for a wrestler. That's still, that's still too young.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. Uh, we also have some more bad news in the big news. Tommaso Ciampa, current NXT champion, one half of the reformed DIY and bald bastard. Son of a bitch. Oh, he uh, unfortunately is injured again before it was his knee. This time he has a severe neck injury, tweaked his neck and uh, has to go have an anterior cervical fusion surgery. He actually is, I think he had it earlier today or late yesterday. Uh, so he's had the surgery now. He's out. He's done. He cannot defend the title at Takeover New York. He will be out for eight to ten months. He's out, out till twenty twenty. He's out for the rest of the year. Uh, that's brutal. That's brutal. The worst possible timing, right as we were about to get to the, the the climax, the finish of him and Johnny Gargano. Apparently, they knew about this for the last few weeks. It's why they kind of dropped the whole angle when they brought him up to the main roster. Uh, because they realized they weren't going to be able to finish it out in time. Tommaso Ciampa out for the rest of this year. Damn. That's
0: awful. I I don't even know how to process that right now because how do you – that? that's what – you know. we we split up DIY originally, uh, if you remember, two years ago, guys, uh, because he had that bad knee injury. And then the comeback – I mean, is the comeback going to be as good? I don't know. If Does he, comes he turn back. on Johnny again? If know. he
1: comes back like just looking like absolute shit because he's been kept away from his precious so long and he's kind of like Gollum where he like falls apart without it and he comes back and he just <laughs> needs it back because they stripped his title from him. And he's like, my precious, I need it back. wants really wants me, it. Goldie. Where really brother wants a precious <laughs> Does Oh, that would be amazing. This is the thing, though. This is a scary injury. This is the same injury that uh, and same surgery that, like, Edge and Rhino and Lita and Austin, uh, still called Steve Austin, Test, Benoit, they all had to have. And just from that list alone, you can tell, like, mm. half of them were able to compete some more, and half of them had ended their career. So it's not just that he's out for the rest of this year. It's that this, this will shorten his career. It's just by how much, you have to wonder.
0: And and it's we have to think we have to be ready we have to prepare ourselves for nine months from now that he may not wrestle again.
2: Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, have, we on- have
0: to be ready for that, and what that means to you know DIY to Gargano to the WWE, all kinds of stuff.
1: Well, sadly, I think that it will it will enshrine the last year and a half or so as being such a pinnacle of of creative and script writing for WWE and storyline uh because it will not be able to be completed or replicated at least from these guys. And so there won't be a, an end to that chapter. So we'll we'll think of it fondly and and think about what could have been if that's the case. Yeah. Um if he does come back and gets to continue the story, one just hopes that they're able to do it in a way that really honors how good it has been and how entertaining it's been for the last, you know, year or so. So yep. yeah, that's a couple of couple of bummers in the big news today, man. Jesus but Christ! Uh, way to start the show out on yeah, a good note. Sorry. sorry, dangerous. God. Sorry, I ju- I'm just reporting, man. I'm just reporting what's happening. But uh, I, I I have to say I don't know if the mood is going to improve because I've got some uh, I got some beef, Nick. I got some beef to get out. Uh, two weeks ago, you were you were crotchety about the call-ups. This week, I'm crotchety about something. But in order to discuss it, we got to go over and talk about Monday Night Raw.
0: Much like last week, we continue the celebration of Roman Reigns being in remission and his return to uh, the WWE. This time, he comes out, opens the show. We get a nice long recap of everything that happened last week, as we normally do. He comes out and essentially says, Hey, where's Seth? I want to put the shield back together. Yep. Because if there's any way to get Roman Reigns over, it's remission from cancer and put and the shield back Roman together. Shield.
1: They're doubling down. They're, they're making yeah. 100%. They're double tapping this. They're making sure. Oh, he's over. He's going to stay over. That being said, one thing I did notice that, that changed with Roman, and I don't know if this was just his personal psychology after going through this or if this was a mandate from the back or creative or what this was, or they finally figured this out, but his verbiage changed. Before it was me, me, my, and now it's we, us, we when it comes to our, you know, when it comes to him relating to the audience. It's time to take back our yard and he's talking directly to the crowd. He's interacting with them and, and, you know, pointing to them and really looking at them and not looking at them to soak in the adulation but looking at them with a connection this is something we pointed out last week is there seems to be a fundamental change in the roman reigns character that he's become more humanized and he's he found that thing that he has struggled so long to have which is a connection to the crowd yep always before he seemed a little aloof now he is absolutely connected to the crowd so and this is philadelphia let's 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 You know, not mince words here. That's one of the most dangerous crowds to put Roman Reigns in front of. And there was like a little bit of booing right when he came out. I think probably for nostalgia sake as much as anything else.
0: In the same vein as Kurt Angle getting you suck chance. You know, that's what I weighed it up as.
1: Uh, Maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, But it was definitely overwhelmingly positive for him. And Philadelphia. Philadelphia. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. (laughs) <laughs> and they're cheering Roman Reigns. I just want to point that out. So, yeah, no, it was a, that was a very, very telling moment. And the fact that he was already over before saying, I want to get the shield back together. Seth, come on out here. And then having a moment where they kind of defined where they're at, where Roman said, look, I want you to go get Brock's title and we'll figure shit out after that as far as I want the title too, but you got your shot now. Go for it, buddy. Um, so they cleared that up. And then they said, let's clear up this thing with Dean. And clear, let's clear up what's going on with Dean Ambrose. Because, let's face it, Dean is the ultimate wild card across the board right now in WWE. We don't know if he's heel or face. He doesn't know if he's heel or face. He doesn't know if he's coming or going. We don't know if he's coming or going. Nobody knows if he's coming or going. The general consensus is he's on his way out of the company. He's not going to renew after WrestleMania. They're doing a lot of things that are pointing to the fact that he might stick around. They're saying, oh, if the show gets back together, it'll be for the last time. But One last same- ride. You know? One last ride. But at the same time, they're doing a lot of stuff with Dean where normally, if a guy said, I'm not resigning, they'd be like, cool, go sit at home. Uh, this is very odd. This is a very odd scenario. I'm not getting the vibe that he's leaving after WrestleMania as of right now. And we're... 30 days away, 34 days away, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and this is weird. So Dean comes out to, you know, to confront them, and it looks like he's about to say something, and Elias runs out of nowhere, hits him with a guitar, and scuttles away, and then Roman and Seth stand over Dean, who's selling like he's been shot. Yeah, And then he, st- <laughs> he stumbles to the back. And then the rest of the show was both Seth and Roman finding Dean in his hidey places, which was, which was hilarious, by the yeah. way. Um,
0: you, you, you're gonna have to stop hanging out in places like this man seriously
1: i weird, loved it a weirdly lit back hallway and then seth finds him in like a corner with a whole bunch of the road cases and there's one of the road cases that has a weird like uh, umbrella photo booth thing over it and dean's just kind of hanging out in there it's his little like tent it was i don't it was bizarre if, if that's the it ambrose it was dean As- it if was that's dean. The, if the if that's the ambrose asylum it, it's seen better days Anyway, the point is, is that the whole show, they're trying to you know, get, on, get Dean to join them, and he's just like, no, I've, I've gone too far. I can't come back. He goes and has a, a match with Elias. Loses clean. Loses stone-cold clean to Elias. And, um, and then all of the bad guys, you know, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, they all come out. They're all beating up Dean. Roman and Seth come out to save Dean. Um, excuse me. They come out. They get beaten down. Dean runs off into the crowd and goes to exit up the stairs. Then all the bad guys beat them down. Dean agonizes over it and then comes back down, saves them. And then they have the nice little moment at the end where Dean finally puts his fist out and they all join. The Shield is reunited again. And we find out that we have a match at Fastlane. Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre versus the newly reunited Shield. So that's a lot to process with what's going on with Dean. Right? They're giving him a big return to the Shield moment again. And now we have a match with The Shield at, at Fastlane. In before Seth injury? Wait, what? Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Mm, there's a lot of maybes here. There's a lot of weird maybes. I mean, for one thing, the original plan was Roman versus Dean at WrestleMania. Yes. That's still not out of the cards.
0: I I, I think that's something we all need to remember. I'm glad you brought that up because if, if you go back to before October where Roman that we, had, we were all, you know, who's going to go for the universal title? We thought it was might be Braun and Brock. No, it was originally the belt was on Roman, and his opponent, he was going to keep it till Mania, and his opponent was going to be Ambrose. Yeah. And I'm sitting here processing, like, how we could even get there. But, wow. Okay, and now he's back. Now Dean's back in the picture. He's still a little frantic and all over the place.
1: <laughs> he's a lunatic, Nick, don't he, you know?
0: My God, he's he's lost his mind. Um, do we still end up is Dean now going to turn on him again is he going to turn on Roman this time call him out for oh yeah you faked your stupid stuff and- oh
1: Jesus God no, let's. Not, I hope they don't have that part of that in the am- angle that'd be ugh, ugh. Who knows? I mean Who that's, knows? that's not that WWE's never been tasteless but that would be particularly tasteless but all right but, but no, you're right. There's so many ways they could go with this. What is going to be Roman and Dean's... Like, what's their angle with Seth and Brock? Because now they're back and they're going to be part of this build as well. Um, is this something where we build towards Dean versus Roman? Is it something where Dean and Roman versus some configuration of Drew McIntyre, Corbin, or Lashley? Is Dean just out of WrestleMania and it's Roman versus McIntyre? There's a lot. Is this just like a one-off? Cool, we had the shield back together again, and poof, it's done. Okay, Dean, go sit in the sidelines until your contract's out. Or is it going to be like? There's a lot to speculate on here. We got a month. And, Let's and see what honestly, happens in four weeks. Nobody knows except for Ambrose and Vince at this point. Maybe not even some of the other guys. You know, yeah. nobody knew Roman had leukemia again until he came out and said it. Except for Vince, you know, nobody knew. So it's. Another one of those situations where we can speculate all day, but we're basically just blowing hot air. We're not going to know until it actually happens. And so we're pretty much along for the ride on this one. Um, I Let's can't see what I,
0: happens Sunday. We might get a little bit of a hint uh, Sunday during that six-man tag match.
1: Well, we're, uh, more than a hint, I would imagine. I like the fact that they're at least alluding to the fact that McIntyre continues to say that he broke up the shield last time. That's the only thing that makes him and Corbin and Lashley have any kind of relevance to the shield whatsoever. It makes me at all excited for this match. Yeah. Uh, It should actually be a good match. Like on, on paper, it's a good match. It's just the build has just been a little scattershot. So I'm not like, woohoo. I can't wait. It should be a pretty baller match. I mean, this is like the second
0: week. I mean, you could go all the way back to last fall and the breakup of the shield with McIntyre and the Ziggler angle. And I mean, you you can trace it all back. You you can connect you you can you can conspiracy theory put the red yarn lines and all you could draw it together, but (laughs) I not through where they're at now though is completely different than where they were five six months ago. Let's
1: let's be clear, not through any consistent planning on WWE's part. They're 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 throwing those uh, those pieces of yarn back together behind them as they go. So right, Uh, but that being said, as crazy as that whole booking angle is and, and promises to be nothing is as crazy as what's going on at the top of the women's division right now over on Raw. Because we had another weird, crazy swerve or four going on with this whole Becky, Charlotte, Ronda thing that happened this week. And now Stephanie. And well, God, and now Stephanie is officially balls deep in it as well. So, uh, there's, there's aspects of it that I like, but there's a lot here that I'm I'm going to go off about in a second. Let's let's set it up. Let's set the table here first, Nick. All right. We had uh we had Stephanie being mad for Ronda Rousey putting laying down her title last week and apparently saying she was no longer the champ. She said it was quote blasphemous. <laughs> I never
0: I never remember her making that statement, by the way.
1: She just laid it down. She, she just like, laid the title down yeah. in front
0: of her almost as a in a threatening way, right?
1: So Stephanie comes out of a room marked the McMahon family, uh, which I assume can only be to try to say that she's somehow involved with Vince and triple H back there. It's all of them. It's not just her. She's representing all of them. And she said that uh, they're dropping the charges against Becky Lynch. So she's not going to have to worry about the fact she went to jail. They're dropping her 60 day suspension. So she's able to come back and then they're going to allow her to have a match at fast lane. And if, lynch wins she's the new raw champion and if charlotte wins she's the new raw champion
0: but she has to sign a hold, hold a- harmless
1: yeah so if she right. gets injured she can't sue wwe right she's got to hold sign a hold harmless so they have a segment at the end of the show where uh becky comes out charlotte and stephanie in the ring and she signs a hold harmless agreement so that now she and charlotte can have this thrown together match at fast lane for this vacant raw championship well then in stocks ronda rousey Looking freaking terrifying, I might add. Gets into the ring, yells at Stephanie. Says, "I never gave up the title. I just threw it down. I never vacated. I want it back." And Stephanie's goes, "Oh, um, okay, you're still the champ. And uh, the fast lane match will be for Becky's ability to be in the main event of WrestleMania." What? Uh, what? What? Okay. Um, and then for some reason, Ronda Rousey went off started yelling at everybody, started yelling at the fans, totally turned on everybody, uh, gave one of her typical, like, motor mouth promos. But I'll be honest with you, Nick, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. I thought this was one of her better ones because when she got to the end of it, she delivered a series of lines with such ferocity and and then just turned and went straight into beating the shit out of everyone in the ring that I got goosebumps and sat straight upright.
0: Screw the woo, damn the man, and brr, 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 and just turn around and beat the shit out of. Both I am of
1: them. done. I wrote it down. I am done pretending. I am no longer here to entertain you. I am not your damn dancing monkey, not anymore. Damn your fantasies. Damn the man. Screw the woo, and no more Mrs. Nice bitch. Woo! And then just in, in the middle of the last word, throws the mic down, kicks Charlotte so hard she vanishes. <laughs> like when they changed the camera angle, Charlotte, was just gone. <laughs> Rhonda uh, Thanos Rousey. I guess. She, yeah. Right. And then she jumped Becky and basically beat her up for a, like beat the crap out of her for a good five to seven minutes. Um, some nice, solid body shots. You could hear connecting a, a few arm bars just annihilated Becky and the entire time Charlotte's on the outside going. Okay. Wow. Uh, I'll just be over here. Mm. So basically, long story short, Ronda turned heel. Ronda went heel. So that's a lot to digest right there. I don't know if
0: I would agree completely with that. With what? I think I sent you a text. My initial gut feeling was, in an effort to, I'm going to do air quotes, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, did they, try, did they just successfully supplant some of the heat from from Becky onto Ronda Rousey with that promo and those actions in a very defiant kind of way because that's what it felt like. It wasn't just a straight heel turn to me. It was there was something defiant about that towards the McMahon's, and that's what that's what I felt initially. I I hear you. Throughout the week, I've thought about it more and more. And I just I can't get around my head around it being a heel turn. It doesn't make any sense for her to turn heel with those two or for anything to change, really, other than her going anti anti corporate anti McMahons.
1: This didn't feel like she went anti corporate. This feel like she went just felt like she went anti everyone. And it's to me, it's more that they couldn't keep her getting cheered by the fans when Becky was around. So they had to just turn into the booze. Okay. And say, hey, Rhonda, you're going to get booed. You're playing a bad guy. And I think that's a bit of an easier task for them as far as creative goes and also as presentation and everything else than trying to keep her as some sort of nebulous face character against Becky who you just can't put anybody against. Right? She they, doesn't
0: get to come down the ramp big smiley high-fiving kids anymore. They, you know, they've got to commit what? if that's, that's the case.
1: Right, I agree. And it'll be curious to see how they present her. Going forward, whether she gets involved in the match at Fastlane, which I suspect she will because Becky is so messed up in kayfabe um, and and how they will present her going forward. If she'll just stalk out to the ring, by the way, if that's what they do, I like that. I I never was a fan of her smiley happy thing other than the contrast it would give you to when she went scary Ronda. Yeah, but I I like like to have scary Ronda all the time. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Scary Ronda all the time. I'm not going to be mad at that either. Um. So this was also weird because we're, this is following a whole week of, of Rhonda and Becky on Twitter going back and forth and breaking kayfabe right and left. And this whole thing felt like Rhonda just finally, quote, dropped the script and just went off. and was like, hey, by the way, I'm a killer. I'm going to kill people. So all of that is fine. Are you ready for this, Nick? Here's my here. Here it comes.
0: I know you said before the show you wanted to, you needed a minute. So I'm, I'm
1: going to need a minute here. The floor is yours, sir. So here's the problem with this whole Becky build. And here's the biggest issue I have with all of the different strange moving parts they're throwing in on this, is they're absolutely convoluting a storyline that did not need to be convoluted. And that's not helping the major characters in the storyline. It's not helping people to get hyped for this match. It's hard to get hyped for this match when you don't know who's coming or going. It's hard to get hype for this match when you can't feel like you can relate to Becky because she's always goddamn injured and is having to oversell this stupid leg, which takes away any kind of feeling of excitement around her. And And every time she comes to the ring and is actually allowed to speak these days, she's not giving these fire promos. She's sounding like a cocky, whiny little kid who's not getting her way, as opposed to the badass who... We all want to see her be. And the problem is that this goes back all the way to the initial point where she became this over. Because last year, they had her building up in the early part of the year and winning matches and then getting herself a title shot, which Charlotte inserted herself into. And when Charlotte won the title and snaked it from Becky, the the creative guys thought that that was going to mean that we were all going to side with Charlotte. And when Becky turned on her in that situation, we'd all boo Becky. The opposite happened. Becky went way over. We Everyone cheered for Becky. That was the beginning of this whole the man thing. And it took them a couple of months to figure out that Becky was, in fact, an antihero face that they should push as such. But they finally figured it out, and they were off to the races. And then she, was, she became the man. And then the next big uh, roadblock was Nia Jax punching her in the face, which on the one hand, created one of the most iconic moments of this super huge rise for Becky, but it also stopped her from being at Survivor Series in the match that everyone had wanted to see her in, which was Ronda Rousey. Now, that may have been partially kayfabe because they realized the big money match was Becky and Ronda. Okay, cool. So at this point, you have Charlotte going up against Ronda, turning heel, and Becky has a clear path to Ronda at WrestleMania, right? All she has to do is win the Royal Rumble. She can face Ronda at WrestleMania. Boom, clear path, no problem. But then we have to get through the Royal Rumble, and it, it's fine because Becky loses to Oscar, but then comes back and wins the Royal Rumble against Charlotte with a bum leg. Fine, cool. We have our and she then she picks Rhonda. Boom, clear path to WrestleMania, right? No problem. We've figured out these little bumps with Charlotte and, and Rhonda at Survivor Series. We have a clear path to WrestleMania. But then we have this whole strange kerfuffle with the authority where Becky gets in trouble with them, right, with Stephanie and Hunter, and has to apologize to them, and they let her apologize on TV, right, I mean, right there, right there, you could have had a feud with Nia Jax, right? That would have been a great feud. Have her finally redeem getting punched in the face and getting her leg taken out at Royal Rumble. You got a feud to last her until WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey. No, you could have her redeem her loss with Asuka at Royal Rumble for the next two months, seeing as she's a SmackDown star. No, we have this weird thing where all of a sudden Vince steps in and throws in Charlotte Flair and suspends Becky for absolutely no reason. And we're all scratching our heads and going, how does this make any sense? But, you know, fine. We could have had a, we could have had a, a match at Fastlane where Becky and Charlotte have a, have a match. And if Charlotte wins, basically the opposite of what we're having now, where Charlotte wins and gets inserted into the match, we could have just had that. But no, we have to have this whole suspension angle when Becky coming back. OK, but we had a clear path and we have Charlotte, Becky and Ronda. But no, we have to have this whole extra thing where it's, it's Jack, Becky goes to jail and then Ronda demands Becky be in there. She throws down the title and all of this. Charlotte says she should be champ. You could just have Charlotte have a match where she gets put in. She becomes the new champ. And then Ronda and Becky both have to there's all these different ways they could have gotten there and they keep getting confused over and over and over. And then all of a sudden we have this week where Steph just magically is lifting Becky's suspension and says, never mind To all of the stuff that happens. Ronda, you're the champ, but you're a heel champ. Uh, Becky and Charlotte, now you have to have this inverse match when Becky's already won her main event shot at WrestleMania. She doesn't have to have this match at Fastlane. In, they've invalidated the last two months of storytelling and the whole point of the Royal Rumble by having a rematch of the last 10 minutes of the Royal Rumble. Becky is injured, has to face Charlotte, her match at Wrestlemania. We just saw this. So this is a long way of saying there's this extremely convoluted booking to get us to this point when all you had you had multiple times where your path was clear and all you had to do was keep it simple. So I don't know if this is something where there's some backstage stuff going on and they're trying to figure this out. Um, I don't know why they feel like Charlotte has to because right now we're at the point where Charlotte feels like this arbitrary third wheel. Becky is feeling like she's cooling off because of the, what I said, the, her relentless injury angle and the way that they're presenting her. Uh, and Ronda is now a temper tantrum throwing heel who hopefully they can keep hot as a heel. But the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't, at, at this point, I'm frustrated because months ago, we said this should be fairly easy as long as they don't screw it up. And here we are saying, look at all the ways that they've gotten in their own way. On this whole build. And on top of it, there's one more logical problem. Becky and Charlotte are both SmackDown Live stars. What the hell are they doing having their entire feud over on Raw? It's, it's gutting SmackDown Live at the same time. Yep. It's absolutely bizarre. So, And on top of that, the authority, people in charge, uh, Shane, Stephanie, Vince, Hunter, they all look like a bunch of, of petty, squabbling idiots. They don't have any backbones or ability to follow through on their decisions. So it doesn't make anybody look good. It's The whole thing has been, in my opinion, a, a complete cluster F of, of this entire angle. When you had it in your hands, and I'm not sure why they had to keep redefining it and rejiggering it, because now you got a month left, and you've got to somehow land this plane, which you have loaded with so much baggage. And I don't know if they can, it's not going to be as clean. Of a of a booking path as it could have been had you just stuck to your guns that you had back in November.
0: Had you just left well enough alone.
1: You leave, leave well enough alone. This it is, was this is it exhibit was the, A. It
0: was on autopilot. It, it, once, it, once Becky dude. turned on Charlotte after uh, SummerSlam, and once the whole Nia Jax thing happened prior to Survivor series. That was the captain putting the plane on autopilot. That's you and going you into the to car wash and sit back and fold your arms yes. and let it happen.
1: You're going to the car wash, you put the car in neutral, you let the car wash take over because everything's set from there. But this is exhibit A of why you should write the build first and then just let it be and don't try to keep rejiggering things at the last minute and making things up on a day-to-day basis. It's madness. It's madness. How many times have we seen this company do this though? And again, you and I try to run a very positive podcast where we uh, we admit that we watch WWE because we like the product, we have a long history with the company. We see their faults, but we also see their their upsides and we try to focus on the positives. But man, when they do stuff like this, it just it, it's hard not to pull your hair out and say, "Come on, guys." You're a multi-billion dollar company. You need to be better than this. It's not hard to be better than this. And even we as a couple of, of couch jocks can sit there and look at this and see that. And as you can excuse it all you want by saying, well, you guys don't know how the business works. Yeah, you know, we, we, don't, yeah. we don't go to the bow the backstage meetings, but I look at other companies that are able to do these long builds much better than you guys. And I say, why, why can't you do that? I don't know I have I have I have comparisons that I can make and and you know comparative logical reasoning allows me to get to the uh, to the conclusion that there's something wrong with how WWE is building some of its major feuds and this is in stark contrast to that shield and and McIntyre Lashley and Corbin thing where we're saying we don't know where they're going with this but at least it's kind of a clean build so far we
0: get it it makes sense
1: it makes sense yeah, all of this rejiggering of the of the Becky Charlotte and Rhonda storyline makes no sense. So we spent a lot of time on that, and I apologize. I had to get that off my chest because I've been thinking about it all week, and it's been building and building for the last couple of weeks. With me just going, Shh, stop, stop, no, mm, don't do anything else, stop, stop, and they just they don't stop. Just more stuff.
0: So uh, obviously, we're going to get the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Oh, it was a weird. It was a weird way to get there, but. I'm not a fan of it right? to uh, to continue on my path crusade that I've
1: been on for the last six months. Well, this is the funny thing is you and I both looked at this whole thing at after Survivor Series and we had two different opinions about where it was going. You said uh, Becky and Rhonda and Charlotte and Oscar part two, and I said triple threat and it turned out to be the triple threat. But both of us saw really clear paths to get there because it was really simple both Even I really saw a really
0: clear path to get to the triple threat. It right. was more of just a, I didn't really didn't want, want it. that. Yeah. I hate you, triple
1: threats. You, you know? were back there on hashtag wrestling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, well said. I agree with all that. The The one thing I would throw in there is, uh,
1: by the way, Becky's crutching on the wrong leg. I just thought I'd throw that out there too. Oh, Becky's leg cell has been abominable since the first, it's since the very like first moment where she had the wrong leg and was selling the wrong leg for about 30 seconds. It's been... It's a terrible idea for her. She has so many other strengths. Why have her on crutches?
0: If The only thing I can think of here is that you're spending a million and a half dollars on Ronda and 600K a year for the year on Charlotte Flair. Those are the, your two highest paid superstars. Were you going to run the risk of not having those two be a part of this first ever women's main event at WrestleMania?
1: Well, you're giving my logic as to why I thought it was going to be a triple threat from the get-go. Sure. You know, I, I that was my logic was you got to have Charlotte in it. She's your other big money woman.
0: But with Becky taking kind of the top spot over the last few months, Ronda was starting to become a little bit irrelevant. Let's let's admit that and let's be clear. Which she was starting why... to fade away a little bit, so they needed to do this to pump her back up. Right. Which is, and right. I, I think over the next couple of weeks, let's see what happens after Sunday or on Sunday or next RAW. But I, I think with. For the next four weeks, things are probably going to be pretty just straight and narrow, clear, headed straight towards the triple threat.
1: I've been saying that that's, that's what's going to be since Royal Rumble. And it's not how it's been, so we will see. I do like the Ronda Rousey heel turn. I like what they did there, uh, but again, that's an aspect that could have happened even with a much more simplified booking build. So yeah.
0: I just suspect they're trying to steal the, the heat and the action off of Becky to put it onto Ronda, and that makes me sick.
1: Uh... I don't feel like they're doing that. I feel like they're making Rhonda scarier. And again, they're turning her into the, the audience feel, you know, the way the audience feels about her. So, yeah. but like, as you said, we'll see where they go with it from here. I hope they just calm the hell down, sit on their hands and let the play fl- plane fly itself from here on out. Uh, we also had another big moment. Triple H came out and responded to Batista's beatdown of Ric Flair. Sorry, Richard Fleer from last week. Um, Holy e- fourth
0: wall, Paul.
1: Jesus. Okay, so let's let's get into another aspect of this that I, I have to bitch about this week. And I, I want to see if you also had the same issue. Triple H's speech was another long, drawn out Triple H speech with the kind that we're used to. Uh and he broke all kinds of fourth walls. He called Batista Dave. He referred to Ric Flair as Richard Fleer, Said that he'd been up and down the roads with him, and that he knew the man, Richard Fleer, as well as the character he portrayed, Ric Flair. And that he he talked about how Batista has been crying about getting back into wrestling on talk shows and online. Uh, he, yeah he he went all I over the fourth wall here. Um. Oh yeah, he's I know I've, I've seen him beyond like um I forget if it was. Jimmy Fallon or somewhere, a, a couple places. He says, you know, I'd love to get back into it, but they're not calling me or something like that. He has been a. They have been building this for a while. He's he's been he's been setting the the table for this. But he ended this all with this, to sum it up. He said, when you look into my eyes, you ain't looking at the character. You're looking at the man. So overall, what Triple H is saying here is all of this is fake, but this is real. What's going on right here is real, and the danger of the danger of this is twofold. And and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh The danger of this is twofold: is that if you say this feud is real, but everything else is fake, that damages your entire product because it's it's like having someone in the middle of a movie, you know, where let's say the movie is one of those like based on a true story movies, and in the middle of the movie, one of the characters turns to the camera and goes, "By the way, this parts is this part is." is actually had happened. Well, then you're thinking, well, what else in the movie happened and what didn't? Cause if you're saying this part happened did the part just before this not really happen? it undermines <laughs> everything. It undermines everything else. If you're telling a story within a conceived universe. So did, do you feel that the way that they're building this triple H Batista feud as being quote, real, I mean, I understand they're trying to do like kayfabe, meta kayfabe, and meta meta kayfabe, and all the other, whatever they're trying to do now, the 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 new era of kayfabe, they're trying to do that, but doesn't that, doesn't that break the world building that they're trying to establish? We all want to buy into that world. Does this break that?
0: Honestly, I don't know that people care anymore. <laughs> no no don't don't get me wrong let me let me let me clarify what i what I mean by that
1: <laughs> you care too much
0: ian oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't oh. know that people oh oh god are going to be that broken up about that level of you know breaking things down, and there's something that humanizes it in a way when you take bring in personal conflict like that, and I think that's what he was going for. You're a hundred percent right. It completely screws up everything else you got going on, because if this is legit and that's not, then why am I even watching this in the first place? Right, exactly. It's, It's all supposed to be fantasy choreographed sports entertainment, right?
1: But we need to believe in the stories and that the stories are real. But if you are now telling me that, okay, well, only when they drop the quote characters is it real, then we look at something like what happened just before this and just after this on the show. And go. Okay. Well, is Becky and Ronda real? Is the revival versus Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano, or sorry, Alistair Black and Ricochet, is that real? What's real? You know what? Are, what can we invest in? And even if it's subconscious, even if it's just like, oh yeah, I don't care about this as much because they're not using their real names.
0: They've done this plenty
1: of times. Uh, you know, they have, but like not like this. Like they, they've they've jabbed at who they are in real life. But I, I mean, when you essentially unmask Ric Flair, of all people, in a storyline. That's, I don't know, it's rubbing me a little bit. That aspect is rubbing me the wrong way. Other aspects I like. I'm still looking forward to this. I'm, just, I'm nitpicking at, at, at a choice they made with this particular setup. Uh, I think it will be intense. I think it will be a fun match. I like that Batista is playing this cocky a-hole, this just scumbag uh, character. It would, works great for him. I think it's very natural.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. It's, you know, it's fantastic. He's and turning the, off a
1: lot of the charisma that made him famous with Guardians of the Galaxy is what I mean. Yeah, and the whole slants towards
0: you know the cities, of course, obvious jabs, but... you know,
1: or uh, A.K.A. Cheap Heat, where yeah. he was saying, uh, I don't There's want no, to show I up. would never be seen would, alive <laughs>
0: in Philadelphia. You know? But Pittsburgh, they're not so, so bad. <laughs> <Bear>! Yep. Uh, <laughs> that
2: was
1: fun.
0: And doing it all on Twitter and social media. Different ang- I mean, it's it's modern, you know? So I don't take away from the idea that it's it's a new generation. They're into um, different things. They like the humanization of things. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, back in the 80s and 90s, it was all about how crazy can they get? Who is this crazy character in face paint and with ribbons hanging off of him? And what is he going to do? And what are his superpowers? And now it seems to be a little bit more... It does seem to be baked in reality. You don't have a lot of like
1: superheroes, right? Yep, agreed. And it's this is one of those things where I think if they can just lay off of the kayfabe breaking and just make it about, dude, you beat up my mentor, you Hollywood scumbag. I'm gonna kick your ass. You used to be a a road buddy of mine, but now you betrayed me. Just keep it to that. Keep it simple. You don't need to add all the. Again, here we are again. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. All right, I I know Batista is doing a good job working heel because uh, uh, Judith Brooke, one of our other commentators and and host of this show, can't stand him. She can't stand him. That's how I know he's a good heel because she, <laughs> she gets she gets worked by the really good heels. <laughs> like she can't even look at Corbin. She used to. We have we have a uh, you know, the three of us went to an NXT event back in the day, and Drew McIntyre was the NXT champ. And uh, we got a picture with her and Drew McIntyre and they're all smiley and happy together. And, and now Drew McIntyre is healed. And she can't stand to look at him anymore. She's like, I thought I liked you. You, <laughs> you
0: betrayed me. You betrayed me.
1: It's great. So, you know, it's it's uh, I that's how I know Batista's doing a good job because he just he just feels smarmy. He feels Ugh. gross. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, moving on. We had, as we mentioned, a tag team match. The revival versus Alistair Black and Ricochet happened. Uh, this was actually a title match for the Revival's championship, but it was interrupted by Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, former champions who came out, interfered, cost uh, Ricochet and Black the match, but it set up a triple threat tag team match for the titles at Fastlane. Was the, do, do you, one, Nick, do you think that Ricochet and Alistair Black should be in the title picture already? No to okay. <laughs> get through it all the next. Work, it? <laughs> all right. That was simple. Uh, do you like the idea of all three of these teams being at the top of the raw tag division? No. Next. Oh. <laughs> do you think this is a good way to revitalize the raw tag division? Because now you have three top tag teams that are all in some way exciting. And you could see any one of them as champions.
0: No, you have one top tag team.
1: Which one's that? The, the revival. You don't think that Aleister Black and Ricochet is a top tag team? Or Gable or no, and Reed? I do not. Really? Why not? Neither of them. Be- because they're not tag
0: teams. They're not legit tag. They were two singles guys that got thrown together. We've been over this.
1: <laughs> I understand.
0: It, it, where's, where's AOP? Where's, you know, That's help bring actually, back the Bludgeon Brothers, for God's sakes.
1: You know? AOP, a- well, you can't. But AOP, <laughs> half of them is currently involved in the major storyline on SmackDown. I understand. But, but no, you're, you nailed it on the head. AOP is the big question as to where they are. Because we had another match later on in the show that we'll talk about in a second. Actually, I'll, just, I'll throw it in now because we can just get it out of the way. The other part of the Raw Tag Division, you had Heavy Machinery had a gauntlet match where they beat uh, Kurt uh, Curt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, the B team, and the Ascension in sequence. Which, as I've said before, I freaking hate it when they do. When they do tournament like or uh, sorry, uh, gauntlet matches like this, and you have one team shred all the rest because now you've just murdered the B team, Ryder Hawkins and Ascension. They're dead. They're all dead. You've just established that this one team is head and shoulders better than they are. Boom. So now you've got. got, But that being said, Nick, now you've got four potentially five viable tag teams on Raw. So hear me out because I know you just said no to all those things especially because two of these teams are, as you said, normally singles wrestlers, but the singles picture on Raw is really packed right now. So now we have, this is kind of what we asked for though, wasn't it? To have five legitimate tag teams on Raw. Right? We got AOP, Heavy Machinery, Gable Rude, Black Ricochet, and The Revival. Any one of those teams tomorrow could be champs and we'd believe it. Isn't that kind of what we were asking for?
0: I count... So here's my count. I count or the Revival. I count AOP. I count the B team. I count oh the Ascension. God. Right? I count Heavy well, Machinery. The, the, these. This idea that we're throwing two single stars that are better separate than they are together into this tag team and putting belts on them is absolutely effing absurd. So and you're going to let stop. your
1: bias against two singles wrestlers as a tag team uh overshadow the fact that they now have a viable tag division on Raw. They've they've had one. You feel like the B team and the Ascension, with as much as they've ruined them, are still a quote viable tag team. They, they could be in, in three months. They could be. Okay. I'll agree with that because I you know I've I've gone on, on record as saying that you can build up anybody to the championship in a, in a few months. And that's absolutely un- true.
0: A unified theme, a single name of the team, not the two of them and guys that have actually worked tag team matches for an extended period of time, those are kind of my qualifiers. So yeah, I mean, At the ascension point, have been a, the ascension have been a team forever. Heavy Machinery's been a team forever. Revival's been a team for Jesus Christ forever, literally um, for fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that's you've got a viable tag division. You don't need Ricochet and Alistair Black and Gable and Rude. Use the people that you have. This was kind of the whole rant about the stupid NXT call-ups and putting them in tag matches.
1: Yep, I agree with that. But I'm saying now that we're here, uh, is, you know, can, you, can you step back and accept what they have right here? Or, or, or is just no, I, if, they, if you no. have anything to do with singles wrestling. <laughs> uh, so at what point to do you does a singles wrestling tag team become a tag team? Like At what, what point did Sheamus and Cesaro become the bar for you? Or have they still well, not the, become?
0: The name was was good, but they should have given them a different Tron and a different theme that that differentiated from their singles entrances. That it's an identity thing. It's optics, right? It's not about the two guys that are in the ring. It's a unified experience between the team, even the nope. New Day.
1: See, I would the argue at this point of that, them but at this point, Gable and Rude have a more unified entrance than the Bardu even though they kind of sure. you know, copped it from, from uh, They're just Rude's, using entrance, Rude's entrance. Yeah. Essentially, but they've they've figured out a way to make it work, the same way that they've done with Seamus and Cesaro, where they've just cobbled it together, but it works. The bar entrance at this point is kind of iconic, even though the Tron is still a jumble, and they've smashed their, their, uh, their two uh, entrance musics together, their two themes together. It's still an iconic entrance. So I'm saying, at what point does that happen? Obviously... I agree. Black and Ricochet are still about as far from a unified tag team as you get. And I frankly wouldn't be surprised if Black went heel and turn on Ricochet at some point here in the next little bit. And I could be totally happy with them going and having a feud because that would be awesome. But I still say at this point, Gable and Rude are in that nebulous bar territory where they're moving into being a pretty awesome tag team. Uh, uh, I'm just saying. So
0: Dick uh, heel in a suit. Bobby Rude needs to manifest itself here after two years of me saying this make it happen WWE because we know you listen that that he he was awesome in NXT you guys seem to be in love with NXT superstars right he was the champ
1: this what are you doing with him this hashtag wrestling moment brought to you by Nick Howell so that is that's the deal with the, uh, the tag team division on Raw. Really quickly, let's talk about a couple more things. We've got to move on. because We've been ranting today. We've been on the rants today, Nick. We've got to get mm-hmm. to listener questions. We've got to get to NXT, New Japan. So much we got a to get pay-per-view
0: to. View to preview. we Come got on, a pay-per-view
1: to preview. Oh, my God. All right. So really quickly, uh, we did have uh, a, a couple of guest stars on the show this week. The, uh, the two hosts of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, Colin Jost and Michael Che were there. They are going to be the WrestleMania correspondents. Whatever that's supposed to mean. I don't know if they're going to be like guys that they cut to every once in a while and they're going to cut jokes. I don't know what the deal is. With Back to you, course. Jim. I don't know. But hey, man, honestly, I, I love their weekend update stuff. And frankly, as silly as it was on this show, I liked what they did on this show Or Michael Che kind of played the savvy face member of the two of them. And and uh, uh, Jost was kind of the the dick heel guy. They went and got some cheap heat. With uh, Colin Joe saying how much he loved New York in Philly, right, and um and then back you know back basically Stephanie warned them that the wrestlers can get physical, and uh, Jost was very. By the way, is it just me or does does, does did Jost have a bit of a passing resemblance to Miz? Yeah, and now also that you say it also in his like presentation where they're kind of like the cocky smarmy guy, like the way he was playing his quote heel character of himself was very Mizish. But he was, you know, Stephanie was warning them about being backstage. The wrestler was being kind of physical. Joe says, "I'm not worried. I wrestled in high school." Great line. And uh, <laughs> Che at one point backstage says, "I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to leave you alone." And Joe says, "Well, I could come with you." And Che says, um, "No." And so Michael or Jost is all alone. Colin Jost all alone back in the backstage and runs into Braun Strowman.
0: He said, Help. "I'll be fine." I can handle myself. There's nobody like, back here that scares me.
1: Braun Strowman turns around loom,
0: into Braun Strowman,
1: looms over him a full head and a half higher than him. And the third thing out of Colin Joe's mouth is, "Isn't this all fake anyway?" To which Braun Strowman grabs him by the lapels, hoists him up against the wall, legit two feet off the ground in a de- in a Darth Vader grip. and says, "Does this seem fake to you?" <laughs> uh, Michael Chick comes awesome. along, saves him. And says he's just real stupid. That's what this was fun to me. I, yeah. I, but here's the thing: Are we heading back into like a host era for WWE, or is this just like a one-off for WrestleMania? They're kind of promoting that. Uh, what do you think? Is this?
0: I, I look at it as, as Pat McAfee sitting on the commentary desk. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's in small doses or it's yes. just pre-show fodder kind of stuff, and it does not interfere with the progression of the matches on the main show.
1: Yes, that's my I, hope. I. 100% agree with you. In small doses, this was fun. Don't dwell on it. Moving on. This is popcorn. Yeah. So, keep it like this. Uh, a couple more quick things. Natalia and Ruby Riot had a match. Natalia beat Ruby Riot and then Lacey Evans came out in another catwalk. Um I am I, Lacey Evans, Nick. Do we, do you regret now calling Vince's attention to her?
0: I'm sorry, guys.
1: I'm I, <laughs> I, I Let let me
0: issue a formal apology for calling out that as soon as Vince saw her, he would call her up because I mean we knew at this point that they listen.
1: Yes, of course. We
0: we should have seen this coming.
1: Wait, we should have known. When we said six foot tall, blonde, gorgeous, marine, with a great uh great gimmick and a and decent wrestling ability down in NXT, you should check her out, Vince. Vince is gonna love her. We should have known better, Nick. Within months. We should have known. (laughs) <laughs> we should have known. We should have known that she was going to end up on the main roster doing a catwalk gimmick and being called a sassy Southern Belle within, within a couple of weeks of getting called up because they had nothing else for her. We should have known that Vince would look at her and go, oh, Get her out there walking up and down the ring. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, Painful. Ugh. Bad. She also did it on SmackDown, too. I just want to get that out of the way by saying that now. She did it on SmackDown, too, in the middle of the U.S. title. She
0: classed up the place.
1: (laughs) (sighs) We also had a match. uh, Tamina and Sasha Banks had a match. Tamina, with a little bit of help from Nia Jax, beat Sasha Banks. It's just a a setup for Sunday's match. They're having a tag match on Sunday. Bailey and Sasha versus yay. Tamina and Whoop-de-doo. That Women's happened. Women's tag division, yay. <laughs>
0: ooh, ooh. Isn't this what we all wanted? Yay. Nia is- and
1: Tamina, yay. I have to say, this is not an auspicious start as far as a match goes. I agree. But we'll talk about that when we get into our picks. But first, we have to go over and talk about SmackDown Live.
0: Well, the U.S. title picture got a little bizarre this week.
1: Boy, didn't it? Uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, here's the thing is that in hindsight, looking at it, I kind of wonder how long this was the plan. And they were just, you know, juggling balls in the air until they could get him to fall the right way. Kind of like the the Becky, Ronda, Charlotte thing, but a little bit more behind the scenes. So again, uh, our truth comes out this week and once again is hilarious. Uh, Says he's going to have another uh, uh, open challenge. John Cena,
0: a respectful open challenge
1: just as John Cena would want to do. And uh, all of a sudden, he's answered by three guys. Rey Mysterio, Andrade Cien Almas, I refuse to drop the last name, and Samoa Joe. And the look on Truth's face when Samoa Joe came out was priceless. Um, Also, the moment where Carmella informed him that, yeah, you kind of... You kind of have to do it. He's like, I know you're tired, but you kind of to do it. And Truth goes, damn you, John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> By That's- the way, uh,
0: point of order. Uh, a personal friend of ours and fan of the show, Mr. Andy Nelson, uh, commented a few weeks ago about how Samoa Joe's entrance music, the the Barry Sachs bits. Don't
1: do it. Don't sounds do it. like farts. No.
0: You're welcome. You'll never unhear it the next time you uh, hear it. Congratulations. Come on.
1: Come yeah, on. Thank you why for would that, you, Andy. Why would you put that in Ah I I blame you for everyone now hearing that? <laughs> um He just ate he ate too many Samoa Girl Scout cookies, is what it
0: and, was. Andy and I are twelve. Apparently. We are twelve. Anyway, 12. so
1: this was a this was a really fun way to get into this four way, fatal four way match. Um again, our truth showing just how fun he is in the ring, making everybody laugh, including me, just unabashedly laugh. I wasn't like it wasn't fake. He genuinely had me laughing. But then we had this match. This was in the middle of the show, by the way. This wasn't the main event. It wasn't the show opener. This was a Fatal 4-Way that was outstanding. One of the best matches in all of WWE programming this week in the middle of this show. this was Every guy got their stuff in. Every guy looked great. They all had their own way of playing this match. It was a really well-done match. Match from top to bottom, including our truth. Once again, mimicking John Cena doing the five knuckle, knuckle five knuckle shuffle. Hi, Sasha Banks on on uh, Joe and Mysterio at the same time. Uh, this, there was a, a huge sunset powerbomb to Ray from Andrade to the outside. That oh, and, God. Uh, we got
0: another Canadian destroyer out of it.
1: Just- yeah, <laughs> random random Canadian destroyer. Sure, why not? Uh, we had a uh, uh, Zelina Vega got a Hurricane Rana on our truth and then took a nasty super kick from Carmella on the outside. Um, and then at the end, it looked like Mysterio was going to pin Andrade, but then Joe comes in with just a nasty senton onto Ray's back as he's pinning Andrade. And then he uranages... Andrade threw the damn floor. It looked like a super rock bottom. It looked like the rock bottom that Kenny Omega gave to Kazuchika Okada in the G One two years ago. It, it was looked
0: it looked like the freak accident that Lars Sullivan does. It yeah. was that high up in the air and just slammed him down through the
1: ring. He urinated him back into his mother, and he got the one. He got the one, two, three damn. for the win. Samoa Joe is your U.S. champion, by the way. The first title he's held on the main roster. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: So Fantastic. I was ecstatic Here's uh, the story. when I saw them finally put a belt on Joe.
1: No kidding. And I felt bad for R-Truth. I would have liked this to run longer. I thought it was strange because you and I both thought that Ray and Andrade were going to head for the, for the United uh, the U.S. title. I still but think they might. I don't think they will, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because during, um, during an interview backstage later in the show, Joe said that I'm not about hustle, loy- loyalty, and respect like John Cena. I'm only about disrespect. As you know, Nick, with uh, Lars Sullivan now out of WrestleMania due to his mental issues, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a match. And if there's one title in the last few years that really has become iconic with John Cena, it was the U.S. title. Um, Joe just called him out, essentially. Samoa Joe for- versus John Cena for the U.S. title at WrestleMania. I think it could be a thing. Hmm. In fact, I'm 90 I'm now 90% sure we will see Samoa Joe versus John Cena for the US title at WrestleMania.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting. It's my thought. I had not I had not put that one together yet, but the, okay. Yeah. I'd be on board with that honestly.
1: Yeah, that's that's my first suspicion. The other suspicion though is that it would be Kevin Owens or that Kevin Owens would get involved in it somehow. And that is the case because of what happened over in the Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens feud which opened and closed the show this week. Uh, we started with Daniel Bryan coming out and berating the crowd, saying he stayed silent all last week, but this week the crowd has to stay silent because he's going to talk. Of course, they loved that. And Kevin Owens came out to essentially, in my opinion, reveal his new character and clarify what exactly this feud was going to be between him and Daniel Bryan. Well, and you the you two forgot the part them, where
0: they let Rowan actually speak this week.
1: Well, he said four words. Shut up! (laughs) Listen to Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Um, But no, so so Kevin Owens comes out and essentially says, "I'm a man of the people now." uh, Long story short, um, he said that he was at home with his family watching the product on TV, uh, as the rest of the fans do, and he understood how they. Now I'm a member of the WWE universe. And the one person I couldn't stand on the programming was you, Daniel Bryan, because you're so full of yourself. and You want to talk down to these people. Well, all they're trying to do is just be good people. Kevin Owens is, is full on into his man of the people persona that I was saying it looked like he was going to be for the last few weeks with all of those uh, phone, whatever you want to call it, selfie videos he was sending in and yeah. whatnot. He, they, that's exactly what they're doing with him. Berating
0: He's, his kid about change. Hashtag dad bod.
1: Yeah, so it, but here's the thing. I really like this Kevin Owens character as much as I love the Daniel Bryan character like this is that's perfect for him because he looks like the everyman but what that guy can do in the ring is not everyman stuff and his face moves are going to be so much different than his heel moves because he's going to be able to do a lot more of those hope spots and high flying things that he is known for that we haven't seen in the WWE yeah and he
0: gave a little wink wink with the bottom line that's the bottom uh, line.
1: Yeah, definitely throwing some love to Stone Cold, especially because the stunner does seem like it's going to be his new finisher. And, and he's doing it very, very well He's a good for one that, for the record. He's a good one. So he ends up getting into the ring. Rowan ends up palm slamming him. We have a match made for later. Kevin Owens versus Rowan later in the show. That ends up in a DQ because Daniel Bryan gets involved. They both start beating up Kevin Owens. And Mustafa Ali runs out for the save randomly. What's up with Mustafa Ali being involved in this somehow? What's going oh, on God. there?
0: Oh. Uh, and, and, it, and we had the moment at the end of the show where Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali were just looking at each other going, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm wondering, like,
1: where's this going? There's a Did lot you, of moving parts here. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts here. Let's break it down. There's also one the one aspect we haven't mentioned yet, which is Kofi Kingston, who was notoriously absent on a on assignment in India. They had a promotional tour here in the rest of the New Day in India, which they pointed out. Uh, which was conspicuous because it made it seem like the the management was quote screwing Kofi because he wasn 't allowed to be around because he didn't they didn't want him involved in the title picture he wasn 't quote deserving that 's great they are st- they are very strongly still building towards this Kofi mania thing they 're doing a great job of keeping him hot and keeping that angle hot
0: Well now it all makes sense because they had probably already bought him ten thousand dollar plane tickets to go to all the way to
1: Mumbai expensive they just they just they they made up a storyline around it, but it still it worked yeah. It worked, and here's the here's the aspect of it that's crazy is that that Kofi stuff that was they didn't plan for that. That just happened organically, and they're looking at it and going, "That's just too good to let it go." But they obviously had um, set up Kevin Owens's character to directly oppose Daniel Bryan's character. Kevin Owens is us who just wants to sit on his couch and eat pizza and enjoy WWE. And Daniel Bryan is the, is the preachy liberal tree hugger who wants to make us feel bad about everything that we do. They're, they're set up to be perfect opponents and you could see how perfectly they match in that opening segment. But now they've got Kofi to deal with. So this kind of throws a monkey wrench into. And now you've
0: inserted Mustafa Ali into this and whole then, thing. Yeah. Too. And I don't
1: know where Mustafa Ali fits into this. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on with that. So, is this one of those things where Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan runs through to WrestleMania and Mustafa Ali has something to do with Kofi Kingston on the side and we wait till SummerSlam for Kofi to get his, his title? Do they pull the trigger on Kofi at WrestleMania? This whole thing, we were complaining about, about it being too similar to the Becky and Charlotte and Ronda thing. It's not anymore. It's still very convoluted, but to me, in a much more engaging way because every yeah. one of the individual parts fits together well. No matter how they align this, I'm invested and I'm interested. So because it doesn't it feels like their hand was forced on a couple of these things, not like they made a bad decision and had to just, you know, shuffle things around and to just to make it happen. Even yeah. though the same kind of setup happened where Vince just inserted Kevin into it, it's still mm, it, it kind of worked in this one.
0: Oh, no oh, Rowan shirt watch. shirt watch. Rowan's shirt watch. Rowan shirt
1: watch. Rowan shirt watch. Really, Rowan's. really good one this week yeah behemoth oh excellent 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 choice mr rowan another fantastic I've, i have so many i have like what seven of their albums i think yeah they have so, so much music <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of music and it's all really really heavy it's really it's good stuff uh highly recommend that band so yeah uh good stuff happening with kevin owens and daniel Bryan. looking forward to their match i i just actually rewatched. Uh, so like the, their PWG stuff, Kevin Steen versus Brian Danielson and some of their ring of honor stuff from, uh, Oh, seven Oh eight. I got to look, look, yeah, from way back. These guys go way back, way back with this, uh, with their ability to, to, to be in a ring together. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do 10 years on. Yes. From the, uh, the old, it, it's days. Gonna be good the Sunday, old days. It's going to be good. The old days. It's going to be good. 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 I'm just curious to see how every, all the other moving parts fit into this. Uh, we also have a tag match coming up on Sunday. The Usos defend their championships against the Miz and Shane, the greatest tag team in the world. McMiz, McMiz. And then we had a singles match. Also, Miz faced off against Jay Uso, because that's what we do before a tag match is have a singles match. Um, Would this whole thing have been better if it had just been the, the Usos fire promo that they gave before all this happened?
0: Yeah, that was a five star promo. Five-star and they should have just promo. left it right at that, dropped the mics, and walked up the yep. ramp. We had, fill, we had to fill some time. We didn't though, need Miz and Shane out in on TV. We didn't need this singles match. We didn't need them standing tall in the ring, which means they're gonna lose.
1: Yep. <sighs> Miz Miz beat him mostly clean. Like Jimmy came in for the interference, Shane took him out, and then Miz gave Jay a skull crushing finale. That's a clean that's about as clean a finish as you're gonna get. Uh which, as you said, <laughs> confirms our theory. Miz and Shane at WrestleMania. Miz versus Shane at WrestleMania. We're, we, we called it from a while back.
0: Yeah, they're not going to get it done on Sunday. I thought they might have pulled the trigger on this at Elimination Chamber. Uh, they kind of did. They dropped the belts. This is going to be the second strike, yep. and I think it's going to be the thing that triggers Shane.
1: I think so, too. Or Miz. Or Miz maybe turns on Shane, and that would be a complete swerve to what we that expect. That would
0: totally swerve the shit out of me if but, they did that after this big face build they've been giving yeah. him, and you're going to flip Miz instead of Shane? Okay.
1: Yeah, that would be a swerve. But either way, it's going to go down at fast lane. This was just a way to get us there and fill some time. Uh, also, filling some time and making me scratch my head, we had Ricochet and Alistair Black showing up again. They are working on three brands right now. Good Lord. And they had a match against The Bar, where they won again. Um, big old Black Mass to take out Cesaro. Uh, and a, oh, Sorry, Black Mass and then a 630 from ricochet to take out cesaro Perf by the way perfect landing on that six thirty. i mean he's was,
0: done that so many times between pwg and lucha and nxt and, and new just,
1: japan
0: yeah just he's i don't know that he could mess it up at this point
1: don't knock wood man knock I'm, wood. I'm i'm knocking wood i promise yeah uh but it, it, he, he, that one was a good one it looked like it legit hit cesaro he landed in like a senton at the end of it it was just boom <laughs> on the chest uh, but this is the weird thing about this was you had Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev jumping black and ricochet after the match as probably revenge for last week. But still, it was it was strange. And then the Hardys came out for the save. So you had four teams involved in this. Does this mean we're heading towards some sort of tag team cluster at WrestleMania? It like is what- a cluster. Uh, it's already a cluster but is that the way that we're gonna get all these guys on on the show on wrestlemania is just have like a i don't know tag team insanity at wrestlemania
0: i i can't keep up with it to be honest with you the one that matters is uh shane and miz and the usos so who are gonna face the usos where's the new day fit into this whole thing I, i i i have no answers right now
1: I don't either. This is all very strange and I'm curious to see where they're going with this. It's also very strange to me that the Hardys are officially now back to like the nostalgia act Hardys where they come out, hit all their spots and Matt's back in his tie-dye shirt again and looking like old Matt Hardy. I don't mean old like in years. I mean like from years ago, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When's the the blonde streak come back? Old Matt
1: Hardy's looking like young Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? Old is young again. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, looking one, very
0: uh, svelte, that's he, for sure.
1: He is looking in great shape. As someone who is his same age, I I wish I was looking as good as he was, although I move better than he does. Oh! Damn it! Oh! I can ballroom dance better than Matt Hardy can. Ah, oh. Oh, there you go, Matt Hardy. What do you think about that? Oh. <laughs> you can't roller skate like I can. <laughs> um, I'm sure one, he
0: loses sleep at night uh, at night thinking that.
1: He should. He should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to note about this before we move on. Dear God, Kevin Dunn does not know how to shoot Rickish or excuse me, Alistair Black's entrance. Like no. look at how the look at how the production team shoots Aleister Black's entrance. I'm gonna bitch about this every week, by the way. I really am, because I'm a I'm a nitpicker when it comes to production. And this is one of those things that drives me insane, is all they do on the main roster is just pan up and down the damn little fake candles and then shoot the worst possible angle of him coming up. From the mist. They can't get a low angle on him. They can't shoot through the mist at him the way they do in NXT. They can't get multiple different shots before you, like one shot of the candles, some mist, some lights flashing, and then all of a sudden, boom, cut to low angle of him rising through the mist. No. Straight on. He comes up. You can see the board he's lying on. He's barely covered by mist. Oh, it's terrible. Makes me. I'm sorry, Nick. It makes me insane. He
0: He should rise up through the bottom of the frame. On Almost like a side profile shot or something like that. I, not, I don't know.
1: Why not have him come out in a top hat with a cane like a vaudeville entrance? Da, 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 da. Hey, I'm I'm Alistair Black. I'm here to have a match. I'm going to be on the attack. You're not going to know where it's coming from because I'm Alistair Black. Hey, why don't I just do that?
0: <laughs> Three and dangerous, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Deep breath, Woosah. Woosah. Serenity now.
0: Serenity now. Uh, I don't know on. what's going on with the tag division at all. I have no. All right. Let's move on. Then, I,
1: but let's move on. Because I have no idea why they're pushing Mandy Rose as hard as they are. But they are pushing her really hard. Remember that whole angle where she and Naomi were having beef? Well, she squashed. Squashed Naomi this week. Yep. 45 seconds. Be
0: done, be done with it so she can go face Oscar.
1: 45 second match. She and Sonya walk up the ramp gloating. Asuka shows up behind them like a demon and annihilates both of them and then grins and yelling in
0: Japanese the whole time. Ah, I told you this is what needs to happen. I love it.
1: I'm scared, though, because Asuka looked strong and stood tall. And you know what that means for don't you? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to put that evil on you. I'm just saying that that worried me. Uh, We also had Charlotte and Becky. They had a uh, 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 discussion. Uh, at the, uh, the main event section of the match or the, of the show. Excuse me. Um, yeah, this was basically, uh, Charlotte was out there being smarmy. Becky Lynch comes out. They have a stare down, talk some smack. Uh, and then finally Becky says a damaged person's got nothing left to lose. And then Charlotte says, Oh really? Kicks the crutch out. Starts beating the crap out of Becky and says, Hey, nothing left to lose. Huh? Nothing left to lose. Becky fights back, puts Charlotte in the arm bar, refuses to release it. And uh, Flair stumbles up the ramp as Becky's in the ring grinning and everyone's chanting, Becky, Becky, Becky. And that
0: was that. Is Raw Vince hot-shotting everything into oblivion and SmackDown is them trying to put the pieces pieces. back together? (laughs) That's what it
1: feels like. On some things, it it feels like that sometimes. And this, honestly, they didn't need to do anything. They did so much on Raw to confuse this that this is the kind of segment they needed. Just something freaking straightforward. It's I just could have forward. done without
0: this this week. Honestly, they could have left them off TV and just had them go to fast lane and have but the this match was after was, the raw thing.
1: It was fast. It was simple. It just defined these two hate each other. They're going to fast lane. Becky's injured. Charlotte's not. Becky can still get up on Charlotte. All right. Let's eh. Go. let's go. All right. So I'm, I'm ready
0: for it. Let's see it because I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm getting irritated.
1: What I don't know if I'm ready for is uh, AJ Styles and Randy Orton. AJ Styles was backstage talking about how Kofi really deserved that title shot. and It's kind of a bummer that he didn't get it, which, by the way, was telling. that They're still they, they put those words in AJ Styles's mouth and had him tell the fans that that's telling to me that they're still invested in Kofi and we'll probably see him at WrestleMania. But um, he was saying that. And then Randy Orton came up. Out of nowhere, uh, and said, Wow, AJ, you're talking about how Kofi deserves a title shot instead of you. No wonder it took you 15 years to get here.
0: Ooh, sick burn,
1: bro. And then, <laughs> oh, Randy. Oh, you scamp. Randall oh. Kennedy Orton. I don't know if that's the middle name. Randall <laughs> Orton. Maybe it's Kennedy now. Randall Kennedy Orton. Yes,
0: sc- we're just going to call him Randall Kennedy Orton you from scamp. now on. You scamp.
1: Yep. You scamp. So that I, apparently we are we are indeed
0: no more Dick Fingers. It's Randy Kennedy Orton. <laughs> yeah, Randall. Randall.
1: Well, it is. It's, it's, it's not as Kennedy. It's something. It's RKO. So right. if it's if it's not if it's not it's something, anyway, <laughs> we digress a long way. Uh, yeah, AJ AJ Orton looks like it's happening. I don't know what they're gonna have to do to to build this to where I give a crap. Maybe it's in a cage. Uh, at WrestleMania, I don't know. But it does look like we're heading that way.
0: And uh, Give me a weapons match with these two. Give me, a, give me a no DQ street fight or something like that. Have Randy drag a trash can of implements down the ramp with him. Something. Make this interesting. Yeah. Please do not make this a Orton Styles spot fest.
1: Bring back the because hardcore title. Because if you do, title. it's going to suck. Bring back the hardcore title. Have it be a hardcore match. Sure. By the way, it's Keith, his middle name. I just remembered. It's Keith. I like Kennedy better. Yeah, me too. Especially because he got Mr. Kennedy fired, so screw him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he should have to take his name. You know, it's like he oh, gets, God. it's like he absorbs his soul, so he's gonna take it there. Randall Kennedy Orton, and also so, makes him like Vince McMahon. Anyway,
0: one thing to talk about here: you mentioned the the idea of of AJ cutting the promo seemingly for himself, mm-hmm. but basically the whole thing was about Kofi. Was this yeah. just a quick plant to make sure that we didn't forget? Kofi Kingston.
1: I think, yeah, because they mentioned it a little bit in the Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens stuff, and I think this drove it home. Yeah. It drove it home that there is, oh, so, you know, they're, they're making it a bigger story, that even other people on the roster recognize that Kofi's getting screwed. It's not just the guys in the feud. So it is a bigger deal. So it does, I I thought this was very smart. If they want yeah. to have Kofi be a big deal they present him as a big deal and they present his struggle here as a big deal it defines it as being something that is worth investing in so having aj who is extremely over and extremely popular saying that not only is it aj saying it but it's how he said it that really does drive home yeah kofi deserves this and it's i liked how they did that
0: and in a way, it's the WWE telling everybody, guys, we we spend a lot of money to send the new day to India. We we hear you on Kofi, but we we can't like not send him to India. So hang on, he'll be back in a week. Just bear with us.
1: Yeah, I think that's that. Maybe be looking at it through both sides of the mirror. But yeah, you know, I, I think that on one side, their their kayfabe of it is we wanted to get him out of here, so you know he couldn't be involved in this title match, and we're gonna go make him you know work for the man, basically jump through sure. hoops. And so it's insulting. But on the other side of it, it's like, look how much we value these guys. Right. So, um, As they should. New Day's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's one of the very few factions that I'm like, I really don't ever want them to break up. No. You know? I,
0: honestly, I think they'll stick around as long as they can keep them going. Yeah. Like the, even even they, Undisputed Era. I don't remember a, a, a faction or a tag team that has reinvented themselves as many times in so little time. Not to mention five championship reigns.
1: While still at the same time remaining at the core somewhat the same. Yeah. You know, like they had the initial flip-flop back and forth from being the preachers and being faces to being turned heel by the audience and then coming back around by just being such amazing characters as heels that they couldn't keep them heel. And then it's just been nonstop new gimmicks, new gimmicks on top of their existing gimmick. They've been finding more creative things to get over. They've, they've got everything over. Like we've we've talked about this before, how it's ridiculous. They're like on the level of Jericho in the things that they can get over with the crowd. They've got the trombone, unicorns, cereal, pancakes, pancakes unicorns, uh, genie shoes. In the case of Xavier Woods. Yeah. Uh, but no. So anyway, we, we digress. We have a lot more show to get to. We gotta get to it right now, Nick. Let us move over and talk about our pick'ems for Fast Lane. I'm
0: still laughing about genie shoes. I They're genie just... shoes. They're oh, Xavier, man. Xavier Woods is Aladdin shoes. Oh man, so on the pre-show at Fastlane, we're kicking things off with it's a shame it's on the pre-show, but hey, at least we're getting it. Rey Mysterio facing Andrade Cien Almas. Prince Ian, PhD,
1: fabulous. Break he, this Xavier down woods. Sorry, I'm still on the, on the shoots. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, this is so we didn't discuss this when we were talking about the U.S. title picture earlier, but is this a bummer that these two guys are on the pre-show? Because usually we're like, oh, it's a pre-show match. Oh, that sucks. But is this one of those cases where it's like, no, it's awesome that these guys are on the pre show. Like looking at this pay per view, like isn't isn't it cool that at least these guys are getting a match? Like we we're don't typic-
0: we're typically down on who's on the pre show, but let yeah. me in my eyes, if I were booking a pay per view, I would want a match that would be a crowd heater. Absolutely. Uh, look, at, look, at, 30, look at 30 minutes before the start of the show. These two guys are going to put on a barn burner for about 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. and It's going to light everybody up and we're going to run right into the main show on fire.
1: Remember when we used to have Smackdown Raw were separate and we had New Day and the Usos. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the Smackdown Tag Team Championships or uh, yeah, was, uh, on on the pre-show. And they were right. giving like four and a half star matches on the freaking pre-show. They were getting better matches in the pre-show than on the main show. Yep. Um, this might be one of those. And I think that the fact that they're allowing these guys to be on the pay-per-view at all, think about how many feuds and belts are not on this pay-per-view. U.S. titles are not on the show. The Intercontinental Belt is not on the show. We have a whole bunch of feuds that are not on this show, but we have... <laughs> Universal. <laughs> ah! All
0: right, I got that out. It's...
1: It's... it's, it's that's so sad. Um, but it, we we don't have... A lot of stuff. But here we have Ray and Andrade. That is showing how much faith they have in these two guys. So I think this is actually a feather in their caps that they're even on the show at all. And as yep. you said, they're going to put on a great match. As well, for we've who's had, We've had win, two
0: matches with them uh, in recent weeks. So it didn't really need to be. That's why I'm saying this, to me, is a, is a crowd heater. And to yep. get things just. It's fast lane.
1: Let's shift it into gear and let's go. Ah, I'm I'm kicking myself because I didn't prepare and I didn't look back on. I think this is their rubber match, and I think it was um, an Andrade win and a tie, and then we haven't had a match since then, except for like tag matches and 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 triple threats or fatal four ways. So I think this is the rubber match. So I think mm. either Andrade goes two and. Two and what is it? What would it be? two zero oh, and one, and Ray right. goes 0 oh, oh, and one. Yeah, um, or it goes one one and one. Here, which way do you think it's going to go?
0: I think it's going to go Andrade Cien Almas.
1: You're going to Andrade on this one? Yeah, yep. I you know what?
0: I, I have a hunch he's going for the U.S. title. I know you said Cena and Mania, and I hear you, and I'm kind of with you there. I, that's a possibility, but I, I think. Andrade versus um, Samoa Joe could be very, very fun.
1: Yep, I personally I would like to see Andrade win because I want to see him get momentum, and uh, I hate saying that word, but it's true. I want to see him get momentum and you know start to and have Ray put him over and start putting him on a pedestal as being a guy who can get the job done. That being said, I also want to see this feud continue. So having them tie it all up here with a ray victory would also add to the story in a fun way too sure so i could i could see either way happening and just to be perverse i'll take ray okay all right so i like i said i wouldn't i wouldn't be mad if andrade won i could see them going either way and having make logical sense but i'll take ray just to be perverse
0: I'm taking Andrade because I think there's bigger plans. They're, they want to put him in a title picture. Ray's kind of a legacy act at this point. Yeah. Uh, you- they're, to, they're to put
1: over Andrade. I, that's my vision on it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, next we have, well, at least on my list, on the main show, The Shield versus Lashley, Corbin, and McIntyre. What in the world do you think is going to happen with this? Uh, it's got to be The Shield. Otherwise, what's the point? Well, here's the question. Because initially, I would say... Lashley Corbin and McIntyre would win by pinning Dean who's on his way out who has no equity to lose at this point as a way to get them over as being bad guys and get the heat on them to build towards WrestleMania when the faces would come back and win that would be my initial thought but at the same time do you have Roman Reigns lose his first match back from leukemia Mm. you know what I mean so it's that's, it's that's what I'm saying.
0: This this has to be the feel good good guys win in my opinion. And but I, I agree with you. I don't know what you do with the other three.
1: Yeah, that's it's it's really I mean, tough. I, to I can
0: certainly see Dean turning again here because he's yeah. not all the way in and screwing them over and causing them to lose or walking away uh because uh, they be wouldn't be, tag him or something you I know don't what
1: know. there could be a, a combination of things where they let the shield win but dean turns on them after the match and attacks roman and then we have the build towards wrestlemania between the two of them yeah uh we could do that so that way roman gets the win the shield gets the happy win the victory and then we go into a dean roman program if they're not going to pull the trigger on mcintyre and roman I don't know what the hell McIntyre does at that point. Maybe he goes and faces Finn. I don't, I don't know. It leaves a lot of these guys out in limbo if they do that. Um, I'm going to take... Well, well they,
0: they got to split them up because Seth's got to go face Brock.
1: Right. So this so whole no what, reunion
0: thing is very short-lived.
1: Sure. So it would be bizarre to have them lose their quote-unquote one last reunion match, but at the same time... Ugh, I'm talking myself into a into a hole on this one, Nick. I, I could easily see You're Lashley, working yourself. <laughs> I'm working my I'm getting worked. Lashley, Corbin, and McIntyre, I could easily see winning this. But I'm gonna take the safe bet. Or the non-safe bet. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not gonna take a flyer on this one. I'm gonna go shield with you. I'm saving my flyer. Yeah, we both, we both I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on this hill. No. And if this is a competition and one of us has to win. I'm not going to lose because I went on a a flyer on this one. So I'm taking the shield. Uh, The Usos versus Miz and Shane. I have a feeling that we're both of the same mind here as we've been calling. We have been calling this for months. Indeed, sir. I am also taking the Usos. Uh, We got to split up Miz and Shane and uh, get them ready for WrestleMania. So Uh, next up, I've got the triple threat tag team match, which was set up on Raw between Alistair Black and Ricochet, Gable and Rude, and The Revival. Who do you have picking up this one here? Revival's going to retain. You are saying Revival here? Yes. Interesting. Um, I also am going to take Revival. That being said, I also see a world in which Gable and Rude pin The Revival to win their championships back, and uh, Black and Alistair, Alistair Black and Ricochet. I don't know why I'm having trouble with that tag team today. You know why? Because they're two singles guys, and they need a tag team name. Maybe if they had a tag team name, I wouldn't mess up their names as much. Now you're with me. Yeah, now I'm with yeah. you. No, I, didn't, I wasn't with you before, but now I understand, Nick. Now I get it. Stupid singles tag teams.
0: God. Alist- Alistair's interests need to be him coming up on his backboard, cradling Ricochet in his hands like a toddler.
1: Or they had the backboard come up like they they spring load it so it comes up really quickly so like he comes up and then like lets go of ricochet and goes, ricochet goes goes flying through the air like yeah. almost off the stage but lands perfectly of course he does. like
0: slingshots. because he's
1: ricochet
2: Just <laughs> be great
1: <laughs> uh so, so anyway the triple triple threat tag team match for the raw tag team titles I am also going to be safe here and say the revival. Uh, like I said, I could see Gable and Rude picking it up. I have a hard time seeing Black and Ricochet winning here because we're in the middle of the Dusty Roads Classic on NXT, and it would be weird for them to win the the main of the the main roster tag team championships when they would theoretically go on to win the Dusty Classic, or at least yep. you know win the Dusty Classic and then go on to face War Raiders at uh, at Takeover. Yep. If I'll tell you right now. If they do win the Raw Tag Team Championships, I don't see them winning the Dusty Classic because then it wouldn't make any damn sense. No, my head would explode. (laughs) My head would explode. So I will also take the revival and just be safe because it's boring. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nia and Tamina for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Let's give our our picks right here at the same time, Nick, so we can move on very quickly. One, two, three. Bailey Bailey and Sasha. Sasha. All right. Yay, we're done with that. That's a... That is, um, you know, they, 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 they use the crude term a piss break match. This isn't a piss break match. This is a walk the dog, go to the bank, call your mom, pluck your nose hairs, go to the store, get some beers, maybe like do your taxes match. Just don't care about this match at all. Nope. They've at, done nothing to build it up at all. At all. Uh, Oscar versus Mandy Rose. Now here's This has part. had
0: more action than the women's tag team match.
1: This is, this is where things get scary. Does Mandy, um, does Mandy Rose beat Asuka?
0: I don't think so yet. With, with Charlotte going over to the triple threat and seemingly on Raw at this point, uh, it may set up a, a rematch at WrestleMania between the two of them, which is weird and hard for me to say that Mandy Rose is going to be in a championship match at two straight pay per views. That's totally possible here. And I, okay. It, it's going to be, I, I think Asuka's in to retain. She's not going to win it here but
1: I am I, also going to play it safe. I have a strange booking opinion. Okay. I think, I think Lacey Evans might interfere. Ah, I think Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans might get involved. Cost Oscar, the victory, Mandy Rose is your champion. And then I don't, I don't see another triple threat. That would be bizarre. Mandy, Lacey and Oscar, but stranger things have happened, but I, I, I don't know if it makes any sense. To have Mandy win clean. It makes, well, let me, it makes zero sense to have her no. win clean. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense to have her win clean. But at the same time, it also is kind of boring to just have Asuka win again. So I'm seeing something else happening here. Okay. Um, also, at some point, one of these champions has to lose their title. And we've so far picked everybody to retain. So I'm just throwing that out there. And if, and if the, the if pattern continues, everyone's retaining. I may have to go back and change one of my opinions just so that we have at least one title change on this show. Um, and honestly, of the ones I'm looking at, Asuka and Revival are the two most vulnerable, in my opinion. Yeah. So Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for the number one contendership match for the Raw Women's Championship. It's basically Becky Lynch's main, uh, WrestleMania title shot is on the line. Who do you have here? Becky. Interesting. I could see them having her lose here. And then she has another hurdle to jump through to get to WrestleMania just because they need to have more business for her to do. Uh,
0: I, you know, I, I've pontificated endlessly about this and I'm kind of just, I'm letting go. I, I, I'm putting my hands up in the air and just whatever, just get the three of them to WrestleMania for fuck's sake. You know, just it's, I'm over it. You you guys have screwed it up at this point.
1: (laughs) It's become very, very bizarre. Uh, I'm also going to take Becky just because, again, I want to play it safe. And it's going to get really, This is going to be a really boring pick if I keep doing this. I'm going to go back and change something here. Um, finally, Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Do you see Kevin Owens in any world beating Daniel Bryan here?
0: This is my flyer. I think so.
1: Really? I think so. That's a hell of a, a, hell of a flyer. I, th- I
0: think I'm gonna. this is the one I'm going to take the chance on because I think it spurs things back into motion. We've got Ali and um, Kofi Kingston circling. True, uh, good point. I don't, I, I don't know. We've got four weeks. This could get really interesting. We could end up in a fatal four-way. We know Daniel Bryan likes to work with all of these guys. He could win it back at Mania and have another Mania moment. So I I do see this is going to be my one title change, my one flyer is Kevin Owens taking the belt off Daniel Bryan. It's a stretch. That's a stretch. And I, I, I I hear you. I hear everybody out there groaning and going, Ain't "No way in
2: hell!"
0: I hear you.
1: I see a way in hell. You have you have Mustafa Ali come out and take out the big red behemoth. See what I did there? Wow. And uh <laughs> you're welcome. And and then Kevin Owens picks up the win. And then there's some tomfoolery to get to WrestleMania, but I'm not going to say that. I'm saying Daniel Bryan is retaining. I, that's, that's just the strong thing, but to keep it interesting, I will go back and change my pick from the revival to Gable and rude. I think that's the most vulnerable championship title right there, and uh, I also, because I refuse to pick Mandy Rose over Oscar. I, re- I, I refuse to change that one. So just on just on principle, not, regardless of feasibility. <laughs> goddamn principle you can't have Mandy Rose beat Oscar. No. No, no, no. Bad WWE, no biscuit. All right well, guys, there you have
0: it. There's our picks for Fast Lane coming Indeed. up on Sunday. Be sure to be in the busted wide open discussion group on Sunday to be a part of the live chat. We'll be chatting with everybody about this I have a confession. Bump, roadblock Fast Lane on the road to WrestleMania. Nick, I have, I, have, I have
1: a confession. I will okay. unfortunately not be there in the chat on Sunday as I will be Son in the middle of a, a bitch. I know. I know i'll be in the middle of a road trip up north but i will be watching fast lane that night later on and trying to avoid looking at spoilers and then i will be there i'll be there i'll be in the middle of nowhere i'll be out in the boonies parts unknown but i will be there to record our recap episode the next day damn it because i'm a professional
0: but guys that's not the end of the show don't go anywhere we still got a ton of wrestling to cram in here at the end Woo! in the wide world of wrestling
1: All right, Nick. Well, over in NXT, we had the beginnings of the Dusty Road Dag Team Classic. Yes, daddy. It was just kicking off with all of the first rounds this week. Oh, my goodness. It was some good wrestling. Uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel, the European Union versus Ricochet and Black, started off the whole thing, and uh, I got to say. Wait, they
0: wrestled again?
1: They're all over the place, man. Good God. They're bouncing all over like one of those 25-cent rubber balls from the supermarket.
0: Spoiler they, uh, alert, this was pre-taped. They wrestled this, like, weeks ago.
1: Uh, well, Nick? God. kayfabe. Fabe. Uh, at any rate, this was a fantastic match. Actually, I gotta say, all four matches on this NXT were fantastic. Agreed. It was an hour and 13-minute NXT. This was, they went about 20 minutes over the normal time that they, they do for NXT, and they gave all of these matches room to breathe. I kept waiting for them to do a short one, because I just assumed. But every match was like, 15 to 18 minutes long and amazing. Like absolutely amazing. If you are any kind of fan of tag team wrestling and you feel like the main roster has left you high and dry, I present to you this week's
2: NXT. The Dusty Classic. The,
1: the the beginnings of the Dusty Classic. It was outstanding and this it started off hot, man. I, it was the uh, the weird thing was that we've seen Ricochet and Black wrestle so much together Recently that I felt like I was seeing a lot of the same playbook stuff, Like they were doing a lot of, they were inserting chunks of the same, um, like moves and transitions. You know, I kind of started seeing that a little bit, but at least Eichner and Barthel stood up. Uh, they stepped up to the plate and delivered a fantastic match, even though they did lose as I, as you have to expect. Right. Um, it was a, it was a very good match, so I, I like this. But they a lot. looked
0: great in the loss. They did. They, they looked very strong.
1: Also, and uh, looked very strong. Forgotten Sons had the match next against uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, and I actually was shocked that the Forgotten Sons won. I actually, I think a week or two, I said I thought the Forgotten Sons would go deep, just because I think it's their time to get a push.
0: I think they're going to win it all. I think but I said that.
1: I, you know what? I don't think that's. I don't think you're wrong. They're the heel team um, in the final four. Because
0: Jackson Riker's getting the big push next, so you got to have him win. Oh, God, stop,
1: please, Nick. Just you're, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing the show. Stop it. Uh, this was, I, I think this was the Forgotten Sons' best match, though. They, they looked great against Burch and Lorcan. Uh, nice and hard hitting. Some, some great, innovative offense. Uh, a lot of fun. I don't know if I fully am invested in them yet. If I believe in them yet, they're going to have to wrestle a couple more matches for me to really get behind them. There's yep. a lot of other teams I'd much rather see in the title picture. But maybe they can, This NXT's good at, maybe they can build them up enough through the Dusty Classic so that I care if they are indeed the team to go against wall waiters. Uh, <laughs> we also had Mustache Mountain versus the Street Profits. Another killer match. Um, not too surprising. Trent Although Seven
0: almost broke uh, Angelo, though. He did. At the and,
1: end. Well, and also, I don't know if you noticed, but Angelo and uh, tagged in from the wrong corner at one point. Oh, little, I didn't catch that. was that. a little okay. weird. They were they were in the off corner and they they tagged in. So, oops. But, uh, but but
0: these it's because these guys were all over the place.
1: Yeah, this was this was one of those cluster matches where it was just the ref completely lost track of where they were, and it was great. Um, but Mustache Mountain did go over here, and as much as I think that that's appropriate, and they should go on because they're fantastic. What's up with Street Profits? Are they like I don't know? I disagree. Kind of new- I, I
0: think I think they've moved on to the UK. They were here for, um, I don't want to say novelty. They're fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but they belong in. They're in the NXT UK now. I, I feel like that it would have served the Street Profits really, really well here to go over.
1: I agree, but I think that they've been built to not be as much of a contender, whereas Mustache Mountain is one of the top two tag teams in WWE NXT UK. And if you have them, I mean, they've been able to go toe-to-toe with most of the champs of the tag champs the last couple of years. So if they can't beat a team like Street Profits, something's up. Because Street Profits has been defined to be kind of the mid-card tag team guys. So at some point, I would like to see them pull the trigger on Street Profits, but... I didn't think this was the time, looking at it in hindsight. We've come
0: a long way, folks. Go back and listen to early episodes of the Street Profits' debut uh, <laughs> of Mr. Sir Ian Dangerous being, well. I just, Scotty 2, hottie 2.0. Damn yeah. this
1: shit. This is stupid. I was not kind to the Street Profits when this when they first <laughs> showed up. That is true. Uh, all right. We got a rock and roll here. We also had uh, DIY versus the Undisputed Era on the final match of the show. It was a thunderous match, as you would expect absolutely amazing and it would be my match of the week if we didn't have to talk about new japan in a second here but that means that diy is going to go as, after they beat undisputed era here uh and a, by the way that finishing se- uh, segment was fantastic the whole finish match a- was absurd great. it was great uh as you would expect but diy the newly reformed diy with the music and all faces off against black and ricochet next week that's i mean we're getting all the big ones out of the way right here we're gonna have uh, Forgotten Sons versus Mustache Mountain, and then we've got uh, DIY versus Black and Ricochet. Good lord! What do A lot you of see? Drama in that match. What do you see happening here? Does DIY continue or not?
0: DIY Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons wins.
1: Really? I say DIY goes out because they have to. They have to get onto this. Uh, well, one thing because Ciampa's freaking injured, so I, I, I don't think they're gonna be able to can have him continue. So I think they're losing. Um, I would agree that Forgotten Suns are gonna roll over Mustache Mountain and that's gonna be that's gonna be the one they're gonna be the ones that takes the uh, the momentum for Mustache Mountain, not Street Profits. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be then Black and and Ricochet. And God, if Forgotten Sons beats Black and Ricochet, I'll be shocked and I'll be horrified. It's (laughs) happening. Let uh, it happen. Yeah. Let it into your body, Ian. This is not jail, and I don't need you to lube me up. <laughs> uh, we also had a segment where Matt Riddle confronted Velveteen Dream. Looks like Matt Whoa. Riddle's going to be in the North American title picture. Love yes. it. Love it. Yes. I, I also love Dream owning the spotlight, snapping his fingers, and then everything goes black except for the one spotlight on him. That was good stuff. Excited for that. Uh, also, matches coming up, we've got uh, Io Shirai and Bianca Belair next week for the number one contendership for the women's title. And in two weeks... Keith Lee uh, and Donovan Dijakovic, Dijak, will be facing off again. After uh, we had a little, we had a little backstage segment where they were t- like Keith Lee was training uh, in the ring and Dijak rolled up on him, started screaming at him. They're building it, Nick. They're uh, building it. If the, it's fans, coming. if the fans get behind it, it's going to be a takeover. You know it is. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, okay, so much to get to. No time to, to dwell on that. Two o five live. We like I said, we had the cruiserweight. Uh, number one contendership tournaments going on. Shocking. Shocking. Oni Lorkin got thrown into this. He defeated Umberto Carrillo to win the first round. I thought Umberto was going to go a long way, if not all the way. But in hindsight, looking at it, there's this involvement angle with Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher that they have going on where you show the two of them standing backstage, angled slightly to the TV while they're looking sideways at the TV, watching the match with their Umberto Carrillo shirts on. <laughs> and um uh, so this there's there's something going on with there. There's some angle going on there. Okay. That's why Lorcan's going on. But but dude, honestly now Lorkin's my pick. Not to Corey Graves or Bobby the Brain Heen in this, but oh right now uh, um, Carrillo lost. Uh Lorkin's my pick now.
0: <laughs> uh I was I was equally surprised by this based on how high you've been on him and frankly me too. Um I I think you had convinced me that he was going to be Buddy Murphy's next. Contender, I th- and I thought he was. Uh, this this caught I think everybody first Oni Lorcan showing up in the first place, yeah, uh, and second going over to Korea like uh,
1: uh, crazy. What do
0: we do now?
1: Crazy. <laughs> um, what we did. What we do now is continue because we have a lot to talk about, and not a lot of time to talk about it. In and Cedric Alexander defeated Akira Tozawa. They ended the show with a nice mutual show of respect. Ah, but Cedric Alexander advances. So we've got Cedric Alexander, Oni Lorcan, Drew Gulak, and Tony Nice. Left in this, who do you see being the final one of those four who's going for the title? It's looking like Oni Lorcan, man. It's, it kind of is, isn't it? Unless they're going to have Tony Niece, who's having a bit of a resurgence. They're giving him a lot of time. But he's. they might do the friend versus friend angle, but that's heel versus heel at WrestleMania. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. That's weird. So I, yeah, maybe Oni Lorcan. And I could see Oni Lorcan taking it. I kind of could. He's a, he's out a of bruiser. nowhere. He's a bruiser. So that would be out of nowhere, but that I mean instant rocket strapping right there.
0: Uh I mean, yeah. Nice, Gulak, you know, it it could be Cedric. It could be Cedric's redemption, but I don't I don't <sighs> it see would be it so, being positioned that way.
1: It'd be so hot shotted if they just redeem redeemed Cedric out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Uh we gotta go over and talk about New Japan really quickly, Nick, because they had their forty seventh anniversary show. And uh, only a couple of matches worth really talking about. We had uh, the Taiji Ishimori versus Jushin Thunder Liger for the junior heavyweight title. Uh, Ishimori retained, and it looks like he'll be facing Dragon Lee at Madison Square Garden. But then, right before the show went on the air today, I got the information that Bandito from Ring of Honor also challenged him. Because it is a crossover show, Ring of Honor and New Japan at Madison Square Garden in April. They're doing it. Triple threat. Taiji Ishimori bone soldier versus dragon Lee versus bandito at Madison square garden I don't think anyone's feet are touching the floor for that entire match no that's going to be absolutely freaking insane freaking insane Uh, uh we also had the big match this is my match of the week and if you guys are have any access to new japan Good God, go watch this match. You don't even need to know the history between these guys. This was just a match they built from the time the lights went down to the time they got into the ring. They built up what is going on this match. Kevin Kelly on commentary framed it perfectly, and the guys told a perfect story in the ring of Will Ospreay facing off against the IWGP heavyweight champion, Jay White. And now, you know, Ospreay is the never-openweight champ. He's recently got to the point where he can work heavyweight. He's normally a junior. He's finally on a belt where he can challenge the heavyweights. And this was, a, this was not, no titles on the line. This was just an exhibition match. But my God, it was awesome. It was fan-freaking-tastic. And I recommend everyone go check it out. Uh, unfortunately, Osprey did lose at the end of this. Uh, barely lost. Uh, Jay White looking like an absolute wrestling savant right now. And that's the way they're building him to be this guy who just can make it happen. They even compared him to Bret Hart on the commentary. And I actually think wow. it's, That's I think actually it's
0: actually not, uh, not a bad comparison It
1: really isn't. They, they mentioned like it's about his economy of his move set, how he does the exact right thing at the exact right time, the intelligence with which he uses all of his moves. And then he did that for the entire rest of the match. You just kind of looked at it and went, God, they're absolutely right. He absolutely wrestles like Bret Hart did in his mid thirties. The difference is he's in his mid twenties, dear God. And at the end of the whole thing, uh, they had, he, was, he and Gato looked like they were about to beat up a fallen Will Osprey. And uh, Ibushi, who was ringside, jumped into the ring and got beaten down by the entirety of Bullet Club. And then you had, uh, like, what? A couple of casts. You had, you had Okada and Goto and Tanahashi all come out and stare down Jay White on the apron. So that was an amazing moment, too. This, all these, like, old legends and recent, you know big stars staring him down and him just telling them all to go piss off. Let me ask Um, you a
0: quick question. Was it a mistake to not uh, put Jay White uh, uh, to have him win
1: the G1 instead of Tanahashi? No, it was that they did the right thing at the right time. Absolutely. Absolutely did it the right way. I feel like
0: they pulled the trigger on Jay White a little bit too late and he didn't get the momentum out of the cannon out of the back of the G1 to go
1: into Wrestle Kingdom. If Kenny Omega had left earlier, they wouldn't have done it. They would have. They would have done it at the G one. I agree. But Kenny Omega was still their number one guy Jin, and this was their this was their number one guy Jin face versus their number one guy Jin heel. Uh, so that was fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, they are building towards the New Japan Cup, which starts tomorrow. Uh, we talked about it last week, but really quickly, they did find a replacement for Dave Finlay, who is injured. They got Ryusuke Taguchi to nice. come in. So lots of throwing his ass around. and then he'll lose in the first round right now i'm seeing ibushi taking the cup but he's already won it before so that's tough to say ishii or ibushi they're doing a lot of work with ishii right now too so uh i could see that and god if the finals is ishii and ibushi i mean just just wrap me up in paper and put me away till christmas (laughs) nick we've got a lot of stuff left to get to and not a lot of time so uh why don't we head over and why don't you give us some of these wonderful listener questions thank you to everyone who submitted these this week this week if you would like to submit your listener questions just go over to patreon.com forward slash bwo sign up for that five dollar tier and you can ask questions of us every show we really appreciate it we're getting so close to making nick have to put up a nia jack shrine in his room
0: nia jack shrine count currently sits at 16 we need to in the next month we need four more we have to get to 20 uh, at the at least the $5 tier or higher by the time we get to by the time WrestleMania airs
1: it's going to happen it's so going to happen you got
0: 4 weeks mm. kids <laughs> i feel it i feel it in my shoes but this week leading off we got five really awesome questions this week leading things off Andy Jessup thank you for your question in my opinion the last few tv tapings of wwe have been remarkably better than the past few months why do you think that is? Has Bruce Pritchard had an immediate effect? Is it the NXT call-ups? Is it the threat of AEW? Or is it just because of WrestleMania being right around the corner?
1: I'm actually going to say it's probably mostly because WrestleMania is around the corner. You have a yep. lot of these things get a lot more clearly defined. It's kind of like why the go-home show before a pay-per-view is usually the best one is because you have these clear goals defined. As we said earlier in the show, WWE is horrible at making long-term booking decisions and sticking to them uh, and keeping them clean going the whole way. So when they have a defined end date for a lot of these things, it cleans everything up. It gives us better stories. It, I absolutely WrestleMania is around the corner.
0: Completely agree. Uh, next up, Lionel Hernandez asked last Smackdown Samoa Joe won the U S championship. Is it possible that WWE is building up this for a Samoa Joe versus John Cena at mania? Yes. Ah, I think you. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or maybe they're going to introduce more superstars to the title picture just to make a ladder match at mania. What do you guys think? I you know I think it's going to lead to honestly Andrade versus Samoa Joe for the U.S. title at Mania, but I could certainly see Cena backdooring his way into this uh, with Samoa Joe at Mania just yeah. to have Cena at Mania. Yep, I, because I, Cena.
1: I think this will be a clean Joe versus Cena match, and uh, I think the ladder match would be more likely to be IC title at this point if there is yeah. one. Um, or and, it, and he just got it. You know? Or you know the other one I could see being ladder match. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens versus Ooh. Kofi versus Mustafa, Mustafa
0: Ali. Mustafa Ali. Yep, in a ladder match. Throw Rowan in there, too, for good measure. Sure, you know, sure. Those ladder yeah. matches are no DQ. Hint, yep. hint. Wing, Absolutely.
1: Wing. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, have, have him just be in it. Five, five-way ladder match. Have Dolph, oh. Dolph Ziggler comes back randomly in a ladder match, because why not? He's just always in ladder matches.
0: He canes the title to uh, Daniel Bryan, just like uh, he did for Seth,
1: right? James Ellsworth comes back and grabs the title for the top of the ladder. <laughs> just
0: saying. <laughs> Next up, uh, thank you very much for you, for your question, Lionel. Next up, Will James, the stalwart of listener questions. Thank you, Will. Uh, how would you both fantasy book NXT through takeover New York specifically? How do they get the title off Champa, and who gets these titles with all these quasi call ups? Lord, mm, I don't know. That's uh, my answer.
1: I well. Fantasy Book NXT through TakeOver New York. Women's division, Io Shirai beats Bianca Belair. She faces off against Shayna Baszler. She wins. Shayna Baszler and the other horsewomen go up to the main roster and join heel Ronda Rousey. Keep in mind, it was always a problem before because we wondered how a face Ronda Rousey would work with the heel Shayna Baszler, uh, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir. Now they're all heels. It'll make a lot more sense to have them all connect. Uh, As far as the North American Championship, dude... Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle at WrestleMania weekend. Boom, done. That's already on the way. I, I don't think they need to make it any more strange than that. That's just do that. Um, give me Keith Lee and, and Dijakovic uh, WrestleMania weekend, and then the fifth match. What is that? That's the women's championship match. The North American. You'll uh, have the tag the random, match with the War Raiders. random singles match. War Raiders versus. Forgotten that Sun. I really hope is not Forgotten Sons, but it might be Ricochet and Black. Um, Two-faced teams. It would be it'd be weird if it was Forgotten Sons. Um okay. it really would. But Ryker. let it happen. No. No, Nick. No. Stop it. Uh, um and then finally for Ciampa, he obviously won't be able to defend the championship, so they're gonna have to have some sort of open there, thing where they're there's just strip your ladder him. match. They're gonna have to strip him. And um, you know, I'm trying to think of what singles guys there are besides everyone we just named. To go for that championship, like that's, that's a, there's a Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, but then who does he fight for it? He i he's question. on the main he's on the main roster now, supposedly technically. Yeah. So it's it's he's weird. on the website. It's, yeah. it's that's that's the one. I think they just strip Ciampa. I don't think he has to lose it because he can't be physical, and they've already taped everything. So I think that Johnny. I think I think what happens is they lose next week uh, to Alistair Black and Ricochet. And then Johnny loses it because they lost and he was promised wins with Ciampa. He takes out Ciampa and then Ciampa has to vacate the title due to injury. So now that it's reversed and Johnny has taken Ciampa out and then Johnny has to defend it or has to maybe Adam Cole. There you go. Adam Cole uh, versus Gargano or something like that. Oh,
0: I know. Jackson Riker. What other questions
1: do we have? Nick? Good God. Thank you,
0: Will, for your question. Great question, man. Uh, Jacob, uh, who corrected me from last week uh, on how to pronounce his name properly. So thank you for that. Uh, Jason Yuhash. So Yuhash. thank you. Um, Jacob.
1: Jacob Yuhash.
0: Yuhash Mesh. Bromstein joke? Anyway. Dude, come uh, on, does, man. Does Champa's injury officially bring a sad oh. end to the Gargano feud, or will they continue it once he becomes healthy again? Also, who do you think will win the vacant title? I smell tournament. I do too. Um, and we kind of just went over that. Um I you know, I I think Gargano is going to end up with the title. That's I'll leave it at that. But even though he is on the main show, I think he's going to end up with the NXT championship just to stamp that to for him to have had it. Stamp that checkbox. Because he's put, look at the last 2 years of work that dude's put in.
1: I think that I, I maybe I think there's a sad end to the feud. I think that having Johnny Gargano take out Champa will bring it full circle enough to put a little bow on it. Um, if they do that angle and if there is some sort of tournament or something, I actually see Adam Cole picking it up because he did promise that undisputed air will be draped in gold this year and Johnny Gargano's on the main roster. So that's my thought. Okay. All right.
0: Thank you, Jake, for the question. Last, but certainly not least, Mr. Eric Elledge with the WWE pay-per-view schedule. Is the company killing any anticipation for WrestleMania? Interesting thought with less than a month left. There is not a lot of time to build any quality storylines, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the overarching meta point of, of today's show. Well, look at our Fast a, lane
1: picks. Look at our Fast lane picks. We agreed on almost everything because everything seems to be fairly clear. It's a road to WrestleMania, meaning it goes... It's, it's a straight path. So there's not a whole lot of deviation you can do without screwing things up. Like the Becky Lynch storyline! I've been over that. that um, but yeah, no, it is... It's, I don't think that it kills... The the anticipation, I think it kills Fast Lane. I don't think yeah. it kills WrestleMania. It makes
0: it irrelevant, honestly.
1: Yeah. I don't know why they call it fast lane. Like I like roadblock better because it actually feels like like a bump in the road. Like something's holding things up on the like, let's just get to WrestleMania. No, we have to have this pay per view first. Okay, fine. And all that it's there for is to just be the last big setting all of the pieces up before WrestleMania. I think a month is plenty of time to build for a pay per view. I, yeah. think that, I think that they're going to have plenty of time. WrestleMania is obviously a big one. You want to get enough hype for some of these matches. And some of them they've been building for a while. Not successfully, but they've been building them for a while. Um, so I don't think that it, the pay-per-view schedule kills the anticipation. I think that it runs the risk of deviating from our expectations and thereby uh, lessening the excitement for some of these matches. But it's, that's overcomable. And I think with some of these things, they actually could make them more exciting. I think with the Daniel Bryan-Kevin Owens storyline, depending on what happens at Fastlane, it could actually totally jumpstart interest in, in an angle with the WWE Championship. And there's a couple other matches I think that's the case with too. So I, I think that depending on how they play it on Sunday, there's a couple of things that could really get us fired up for some stuff at WrestleMania. For instance, like if Dean Ambrose turns on the shield, all of a sudden we have this huge heat angle with him and Roman Reigns. Imagine Imagine the show... Uh, ends, for summary, I don't know why it would be the last match, but watch. It will be. The Shield versus the other guys will be the final match of the show. It, you heard it here. The final image of the show is Dean Ambrose standing over a broken Roman Reigns who just recovered from leukemia. If that's the final image, you just got super hyped for a match between Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and they did it because it was on a pay-per-view. Boom.
0: Interesting. So, I could get behind that, too, honestly. That, I, 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 I kind of just got excited You just hearing you
1: book that. Well, they do listen, so uh, if they—if you see that happening at the end of the show on Sunday, <clears throat> you'll know yes. where it came from. Well, Ian, we're at the end of the show, but we're not done. We've
0: got just enough time to get through our lightning round. Beep, 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 yes,
1: beep. indeed, and thank you all our listeners for sending in your questions. I really appreciate it, but we got to knock this out so we can get out of here. We've got 20 seconds left on our our show and about five minutes of stuff to get through. So quick news, Roman had an interview when he talked about his leukemia and he basically said that, yeah, it was, it was, a, it came back, but that they have all of these new uh, drugs and new programs that you can use yeah, like oral chemo. You have to, yeah, you know, well, the, like tablets, like oral chemotherapy and stuff. Uh, it basically, what it came across to me as he beat this leukemia this time. Or he got it into remission with money. And this is actually, to me, showed how sad and broken the U.S. healthcare system is. If you have scads of money to throw at something, you can heal anything, right? Magic Johnson, like, that's basically what happened here, was he had the best options available for his leukemia, so of course he beat leukemia this quickly. So that was, that was eye-opening for a number of reasons, a lot of them not having to do with wrestling business. Uh, it also came out this week that Arn Anderson was fired from the company because he let Alicia Fox wrestled drunk on a house show Alicia's had some a long battles with uh with intoxication and inebriation and apparently she's been told to get help before has has been a little bit dodgy about it uh we hope she gets some help this time and finally overcomes this because i would hate to see her career get cut short because she can't stop hitting the bottle Mm. uh tori wilson was announced this year to be the newest inductee into the hall of fame so now mm. we have we have three people in the Hall of Fame. We've got uh, Honky Tonk, we've got DX, and we've got Tori Wilson, who I can only imagine is going in because of nostalgia, nothing to do with actual talent. Uh, that's my that's my hot take on that. Yeah, uh, eh. Nick, you're giving I really, you're, you're, I, you're giving I really me really like her. Yeah,
0: I'm I, I, I'm quite a fan.
1: You really like her from the neck down. Uh, no, I I like every inch of her. That's I meant from your neck down. Oh, my party that likes her. Never mind, man. If you don't uh, get it, moving on. Tori Wilson going in the Hall of Fame. What they do? Jim Ross, he, uh, his WWE contract is, letting, is expiring. They signed him again on a contract two years ago just after his wife passed away in that awful hit and run. Uh, oh, my God,
0: yeah, I got going to AEW. I you heard it here? Wait, no, he had signed a piece of paper already.
1: I was actually waiting to hear that. The Jim Ross to A.E.W. Jim Ross to A.E.W. By God. But it it might actually be the case he's yeah. not going to be with WWE anymore. He's not with uh, with uh, Access TV anymore. He's not calling New Japan because he was awful at doing that. I yeah. just call it I'll call a spade a spade. He was really not good at that at all. Um, so he could be heading to AEW for something. It would, would actually not be surprising. Uh, we do know he's going to continue his podcast and showing up for live appearances and whatnot. But beyond that, we have no idea what he's going to do. Uh, Jungle Boy. Who, as everyone may know, is the son of recently deceased actor Luke Perry, uh, had to drop out of Bar Wrestling's March 13th show next week because of his father's passing. Uh, so we send the, our best to Jungle Boy, who, by the way, recently got signed by AEW. Legit Jungle Boy to AEW. Uh, so he will be. You, will, you if you don't know him now, you will soon, as he will soon be getting a, a huge break with AEW. Uh, it's just tragic that it has to come. At the same time as his father's passing. So, sending our best to Jungle Boy, and, and uh, That's a, it's a rough time for him right now. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair said in an interview that Harley Race had terminal lung cancer, and everyone freaked out. Harley Race had to come out and say, No, 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 no. I do have lung cancer, but it is not terminal. Calm down, Rick. Reports <laughs> of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. So, you know, still hope Harley Race gets better, but uh, it's not terminal. So nobody worry about Harley Race just yet. Uh, it was just announced yesterday that WrestleMania 36 will officially be in Tampa, Florida, and they've already revealed the WrestleMania, what do you call it, logo, which is a pirate flag and sword in front of the uh, the WrestleMania word, or behind the WrestleMania word. I, I tell I- you right now, if... if if Kyrie sane doesn't have something to do with this, they're like mis- That poor girl is going to explode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she probably- I actually watched the live stream of this thing, and it was absurd and ridiculous. Yeah, because Hulk Hogan came out and introduced everything oh, to wow. open everything up. Well, it's then own- they brought out the executive VP of live events. Then they brought out the the mayor of the town of the county that it's in. And then they brought out Stephanie McMahon, and it was just—I I cut it off at that point because so I was just like, Gee, "Why don't you guys just actually tell us something instead of introducing yourselves and uh, and all of do, talking about WrestleMania lore?" You know, I, when we you hold to, a press conference, time, you have man. to actually
1: announce something. Well, it's a, it's basically the the raw mentality for the press conferences. We got a lot of time to fill, so let's just stuff it as full as much stuff as possible. Jesus Christ. Anyway, anyway.
0: I, I tried to watch it guys. It was just God awful.
1: Anyway, the WrestleMania 36 happening in Tampa, Florida, Kyrie Sane already, already vibrating like Sonic, the hedgehog in, in excitement, uh, impact wrestling is locking down a bunch of stars. Not surprising given the current wrestling climate, everyone throwing contracts at people. They recently got a long multi-year deal with Ethan page. Also Rosemary and moose. So impact trying to lock down its people. Before they all get poached by everywhere else. Can't blame them. And finally, in the news, Jim Cornette is returning to commentary over an MLW. Oh, boy. The crusty one himself will be lending his vocal attributes to the MLW promotion. That should be interesting. Jim Cornette. I wonder if
0: they'll let him swear.
1: Well, they better because he's always better when you just let him off the leash. Yes, please. I, I we are obviously fans of Cornette on the show as much as we love to bust his balls for being Well, I'm a, a Carolina Smoky Mountain boy, you know. Yeah.
0: So I, I I have a it's in my DNA, literally. I actually have but. a I
1: have a I'm, I'm this is 100% legit. I actually have a loaded tennis racket in my closet right now. That is 100% 100% shoot. <laughs> I have a loaded tennis racket in my just just in case just in case i have to go out there and and uh, defend one of my boys (laughs)
2: okay anyway guys
1: anyway fast (laughs) lane is this sunday everybody so yes yes, join nick in the live chat and uh we will be having our recap episode on monday Uh, because ian sucks because i have i have to oh i'm sorry you have to go on trips sometimes too mr howell it
0: happens i i I showed up for mine though when Uh. i was in the deep dank parts of northern california
1: oh well, maybe maybe we'll figure out a way to serve me to pipe in on something i don't want to get any spoilers but uh yes also the new japan cup starting tomorrow so we're gonna have a bunch of things to talk about next week when we come back for our regularly scheduled show later on in the week so come back and join us then uh nick any other house you want to give before the end of the show
0: Yes, absolutely. Just a reminder, guys, come hang out in the live chat in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Thank you very much to our patrons, Andy, Lionel, Will, Jacob, and Eric for your questions today. if you guys would like to ask your questions, come on over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for that five dollar or greater tier. Uh, to uh, get your questions in for us and access some pretty special bonus episodes that we're working on catching up for you guys, for sure. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter
1: over at DatacenterDude. Dude, and I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! But somebody stop the damn match! <laughs> wait, wait, Nick, Nick. Before we go, uh, really quickly, do you do you know what is Triple H's favorite element? Uh no. Barium. Good night everybody. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show
2: notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.